Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. Um, I believe we're on episode 8. I like that I'm starting to lose count. Um, I sit down with another improv student, uh, Smokey, one of the funniest people in our class. Uh, she's great. Uh, we really get into a lot of things, and I was, as always, uh, with my guests, so gracious for her candor. Um, it's not easy getting up here and being personal, and uh, I really, really appreciate it. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at uh, that other Coco C O C O. No spaces or underscores, obviously. No spaces. Uh, her YouTube is in her bio. And I suggest you check out her work. She's doing commissions. Uh, she has a, a tweet about that. So she's great. Check her out. Um, other plugs. The Coalition Theater on Facebook, at uh, rvacomedy.com on Twitter and Instagram. They mostly uh, go on Instagram, and they're really great. Um, rvacomedy.com. Classes are starting in September if you're in the Richmond area. Um, and in two weeks, uh, this should drop uh two weeks before my class showcase. Uh, most of the guests I've had on the show are going to be on stage Tuesday, September 5th at 8 o'clock uh, doing a, a little 25-minute set. We'll play some games, have some fun, hopefully get some laughs and make some make fools of ourselves. Uh, it's going to be a really great time. I'm really, really excited. Um, other plug, just for the show, uh, producerscast.com, at producerscast on Twitter, at producerscast at gmail.com. Email the show. Let me know you're listening. I take any feedback, good or bad. And Yeah, I haven't gotten anything. Uh, I am recording this today. I recorded uh, the, the Ryan episode hasn't come out yet. Uh, so if I've gotten any email since then, you'll be recognized the next time I record. Um, but for now, enjoy Smokey. Hey, guys, just one more thing. Uh, we got an Instagram account now. It's the same as our Twitter handle at producerscast. Um, I just admit, I just know that some people don't use Twitter, so I want to try to reach a wider audience as wide as possible. So if Instagram's your thing, check us out. I'll just be pretty much posting the pictures of the guests that I get to do the show with. So yeah, check us out. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. I'm trying to put you in the worst mood. P1 cleaner than your church shoes I really point to just to hurt you I all red lamps just to tease you I none of these toys on lease to I made your whole year in a week to ya Main bitch out of your leap to I side bitch out of your leap to I House of Wentz, you need a centerpiece 20 racks of table cut from Lebanese Cut that up into skinny pieces Let you clean up with a face when I lose my baby You talking money, need a hearing aid
Doing well, how are you doing? Good, thanks for liking my tweets about my really <laughs> shitty, weird experience. <laughs> Wait, what, what experience? Uh, I was invited to BronyCon, the My Little Pony convention in Baltimore, and it was kind of just really weird <laughs> to experience. Did you go? Yeah. Wait, was, wait, when was it? Uh, this weekend, it's still going on. But you went for Friday, Saturday? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. BronyCon. Yeah. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that. Uh, just so you know, you can use these headphones if you want. They just put your own voice in your ears. Uh, that might be inter- Can we test that yeah, to see awesome. how I feel about that? Mm-hmm. Hello? Uh, I can't even tell. You can't even tell? Uh, is it... No, it's this. Like... Yeah, that's, not, uh, that's as loud okay, as Okay, now I hear it. Uh... That just stops your P's and T's from being extra P and T. This will be it. Yeah, I. This will be my first time hearing my mic in high quality like this. I guess. <laughs> you don't have to wear them. It's just. Uh, it's just an option I like to provide, mm-hmm. as, a, as a high quality podcast. You really like that cat, huh? Like no, oh, on yeah, your yeah. headphones. That's my cat. <laughs> Did you see him out there? I saw him on Twitter as like your. <laughs> oh yeah, icon. yeah, yeah. Um, um, my friend, my friend uh, Chibox made this for me, and cool. it was uh, just a gift. Because uh, my, my, one of my, my one of my friends, Jordan, he has the Astro Sloth. I'm sure you've seen that before. I'm sloth, not sure. Astronaut maybe. with a sloth head. So I had an astronaut with a cat head. Mm-hmm. So. So cool. you're Smokey. Wait, are we recording now? Uh-huh. Okay. We got most of that. Hey, all right. <laughs> I, miss, I miss you calling my room swanky, which is probably the highest of compliments I've ever gotten. <laughs> I don't even fully know what that word means. It's, it just came up. Contextually, I believe it would be accurate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, you're an artist. Yeah, I like to think of myself as one at least. I don't usually like to start so bluntly, but... <clears throat> I feel like in other episodes where I've had people who just do some form of comedy, we talk about comedy a bit and it kind of touches on points, but I really don't want to have this episode end without really talking about your type of art. Because <laughs> you're, you're the first uh, physical artist, like you draw and I'm sure you do other things, but that's about all that I really know. Would you like me to introduce what else I do? Okay, well, yeah, my name is Smokey. I recently graduated with a um, degree in creative writing. I almost said creative art. That's (laughs) weird. It's the same thing, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, my major was creative writing. My minor was studio art. I spent a lot of time in the... English department back at my college more than the um, art department, which I kind of regret, but... That's a good topic to get into, regret. (laughs) Regret. Tons of it. (laughs) Okay, so you you, you spent a lot of time looking at the English side of art? Well, um... You do a lot of writing? uh, Kind of. I'm definitely not... um, I consider my writing talents incredibly mediocre. Sure. I, um, mostly I just chose it because I wasn't really sure what I wanted. I still don't ever know what I want, but I had to pick a major, and 
I was already getting a pretty good, um, my foot was already in the door when it came to uh, doing um, writing classes, so just seemed like that's where my people were. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, my people changed, but I, that's <laughs> weird. I don't know if that makes any sense either. Well, I, I wrote it down while we will get to it. Okay. I have, there's, you should be brought up so many interesting things to talk about already. It's oh, crazy. This, this is okay. a whole in like an hour. <clears throat> okay, so Art, you, you, um, you write, you draw, mm-hmm. you are technically, and I say this because I know you don't, you probably wouldn't, you're an improviser. You're, improv- you're an improvisational comic, comedian, if you will. I guess as of five weeks ago, sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I'm just as I'm just as into it as you are. So yeah. <laughs> and you're really funny. That is that is the general <laughs> consensus of our class. You are the funniest person on stage. No, I'm. Really? Mm-hmm. Every everybody thinks so. Frick. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's just because I'm really awkward and. I just pull no. I think stuff it's because you're genuinely funny. <laughs> genuinely, the the shit you come up with, I don't <laughs> have any examples, but I just know that you just every time every time I switched places. We were doing that one. Uh, we, I switched places so that I could go up and do a scene with you because mm-hmm. you, you were the instigator. Oh, okay. I thought that was just because like um, someone else had a problem with what I was doing. Oh no, I'm sorry that. I came up like that. Okay. We had been going up, because we had been doing it for like an hour, and I had been doing the same scenes with, I think it was Molly and uh, Joe, and they're fine, and I like doing scenes with them. We did that, Joe and I did that one uh, hilarious sunscreen space scene. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, I love that a lot. I'm, 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 I'm happy with how that one went. That was like my one good one that day. But um, I had been doing, I did like three scenes each, and I was like, I want to do one with Smokey, because you always bring, you always, you always bring it, and it's, it's, always, it's always funny, <laughs> and so... Yeah, you're hilarious, and everybody everybody thinks so. I think Patrick is only laughs when you do something because it's just he just is, it's so it's so funny, it's so hilarious. Because it's no one expects certain things to come out of my mouth, and I've kind of made that my thing. <laughs> I am 23 years old, but I look like I'm like 16, and I sound like I'm 13. So it's really easy to get away with. <laughs> like, I took a train home, and I used a student discount. I don't think anyone would have questioned it if Not they... Yeah. Uh, same with going to the movies. Big benefits. It gets kind of annoying, though, but as long as I still look like the picture on my college ID, then I'm, I'm home free, I guess. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you think your five listeners will rat me out? <laughs> I'm sorry. <Whoa. laughs> that was over the top. Hey, I don't know how many listeners I have, so that's a compliment. Okay. I've only had one person email the show, because I, I plug in, e- like, email the show, let me know you're listening. Only one person has done it, and I think it was more, they were listening to the episode that their friend was on, mm-hmm. which is fine, I don't care, I do this for me, but, like, yeah, that was... That was the correct. That was the correct thing to say. Mm-hmm. Do my five. Well, yes, I believe my five listeners, who none of them live in Virginia, <laughs> will definitely write you out. Okay. Um. I think my, my my listeners are my sister, my brother, uh, my friend Tori, and then I'd, I'd say a random two of my friends. If I had if I had to pick five people who I think listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, rewinding a bit. Oh yeah. Um. So I. And also, I used to be really quiet. So, 
people would expect me to be quiet or just, like, frigid all the time, and, so... And also, when, when you see someone who's more shy or quiet, you don't expect them their mind to be not necessarily not shy or quiet. Because, like, just because you're not saying something doesn't mean your mind isn't racing of things to say. Yeah. And I feel like with you, if you're going to speak up, it's like, it's got to be something really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's oh. true, but that's just kind of the logic that I can, like put a sticky note on I do kind of put pressure on myself like whenever I'm not on stage if you see me like staring into the void or just have a really weird look on my face I'm struggling to think of oh shoot I'm coming up what what's my um, whole gimmick gonna be this time so I'm kind of overthinking things and making lists in my head some are probably hit and miss but it really depends on how it works out with the other person. Probably. I will say that um, people listening to the show are very familiar. I went through this period of like growth where I was not doing anything creative for myself or growing as an individual. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be in relationships all the time and like find solace in myself in situations like that. And so I um, now I'm doing these things, and what I, I have this this like little tiny hand basket of like mantras that just help me like push forward and one of them is like green lights like what happens if you green light everything and I feel like I don't I don't I don't necessarily think you would subscribe to that idea where you just say anything that you want to do and improv I think is really good for that because Mm -hmm. when you go up on stage Matthew and I were talking about this um in class last time I asked him if he because we were I was an instigator and you'd go up and then another person would go up and then just respond and I asked him, did you prepare anything while you're in line waiting? He said, no. <laughs> and he made me feel kind of bad, partially, I believe on purpose, for preparing, like, the space scene or whatever. And then we went to the, the improv mixer, and he walked on stage with this whole prepared spiel. <laughs> and I, I definitely did not let him hear the end of that that night. So you do prepare when, you, when you're in the line of instigation. You think, I have to go up with something. You don't just step on stage and think, okay, this is what it is. Yeah, um, I pause a lot (laughs) before Mm -hmm. I speak. My, um, the gaps in me talking right now are probably an example of that, because I really don't want to stumble or mispronounce my words. Uh, I, it's kind of, um, I think this is probably not true. I'm really poor at judging myself, but I think I work better coming up with stuff at last minute because I don't know, that's kind of how it was in college I put um, essays off till the last minute because I was so motivated to do them when they were going to be due mm-hmm. so I guess the same thing kind of applies, also when I hear the word improv I think it's kind of really on the spot so I don't think of what I'm going to do before class unless a random thought comes to me like, oh, that might be cool to try, but my memory is kind of bad because I don't write stuff down. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can totally relate to that. I, I remember towards my junior, my, my fourth and my senior year and then my fifth year of college, I, um, <clears throat> I just stopped stressing about having to write the paper. I was like, it's due on this day, so I'll stress the week before and the two months I have to do it, I'll just and just let it kind of because I knew like you said you know you're going to wait so why stress the whole time just like cut that stress out be like I'll worry about that when I worry about that that was my that was my that was my relating to what you said and also with improv yeah I, I worry a lot because that's like 
I keep coming back to like I should do a space scene if I freak out and need to do something on stage, but I really don't want to do something we've done in class. But it's like it's hard not to prepare or have something in your back pocket that you can pull out. Because I went on stage in the mixer and I kind of froze vocally, mm-hmm. like I didn't <clears throat> know what to say. I was still pantomiming and I was doing a scene with Ryan. You know Ryan. Yeah. Firebuck? Yeah. Oh wait. Um. I think is he. <laughs> He's the guy with the beard. I mean, there are a lot of people with beards. The old friendly yeah. face. A lot of people have friendly faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a... I was doing a scene with one of the guys in the house team. Mm-hmm. Really, really talented. I actually, he's the episode before you. He's on, he was on the show. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was, he was really... He was awesome. But I did a scene with him, and he kind of noticed that I was like... Uh, and he like took over, and it worked out fine. But, like, that was... To me, that was something that I didn't expect to have happen. Like, freezing, and just like, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I got on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I f- freeze. Um, well, not as often as I used to. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of a confident, outgoing person than I was like ten years ago, three years ago, even a year ago. Um, I guess now I just know that um, there's an ear out there for what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. That's I feel like I feel like. As time goes on, as you go through more experiences, obviously every year you, ch- you change. Like I think that's super fascinating to look at who you were one year ago and say, wow, I've come up, like I can mm-hmm. see a notable difference. And it's like mm-hmm. pretty consistent when I look through like my years. But like, yeah, become, I think you, you were kind of speaking to like being self-aware and just like... Yeah, self-awareness, I'm sorry. No. Um, self-awareness I've come to see is a really important thing. Um... And rather um, than ignore it, kind of embrace it, because I think once you become self-aware, I think that just makes um, interactions and responses to what's going on just around you way much better. And it kind of, um, it kind of, let's see, it kind of unlocks this sort of key or is the key to unlocking this certain door? Um, that's all I got on it. Yeah, and I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just... <clears throat> I, I mean, there's so much that I've just been wrestling with in my life when it comes to being self-aware and just, like... Like I said, green lights. Like, what happens if I just green light everything and stop worrying about everything else? If I say the thing in my head that's hilarious mm-hmm. but isn't funny to other people... Yeah. <laughs> But, like, it, to me, it makes you laugh. You say it, and then you do get a laugh, and you're like, oh, I was worrying about nothing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I go through that. I go through that in relationships. I go through that just with, just with everything. It's like people, people, my friends and other people view me as, like, an outgoing person, and they think I don't struggle with any kind of, like, anxiety or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody does, and I think once you, re- once you become self-aware and then actualize that thought of, Everyone feels exactly like I do. Yeah. It kind of puts you in a position where you can kind of make maybe make people more comfortable, like, giving them a green light and saying, like, it's okay, like, say whatever you want. Like, we're on stage, for example. Like, if, I be, if I'm silly, maybe you'll join me in the silliness. Yeah. Like that. And so I feel like that kind of just relates to all kinds of life things. Mm-hmm. I like where this conversation is, is going. But <laughs> I do want to point out that we just completely grazed over art. See, I told you we were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I want to. I do want to take a hard left, and I want you to tell me 
Why don't you tell me how, how, about how you started drawing? Uh, it doesn't have to be the best story ever, like you were traversing through the woods and you came across a magic fairy and he gave you a pencil or something like that. How'd you guess? No, uh... <laughs> uh, I guess, um... Hmm. Since, like, literally just drawing, I've done it since I was a kid. I like to think that a lot of kids do. I mean, even their drawings aren't perfect, but it's a good, like, point in the timeline of development, I think. Mm -hmm. If you give, like, a little kid a crayon, see what happens, then years later you, see, you give them, I don't know, probably the same crayon or <laughs> uh, and see what they do with that, there would be something different. Or at least if it's, like, another stick figure, it would probably... Um, be a improved improved stick figure. You see but, all kinds of posts of like age six, age ten, age thirteen, and then like yeah, age twenty four, and like it's a face, and then it just turns into like you're looking at an actual picture of somebody because it's so good. Yeah, I love those. I, imp <coughs> practice makes perfect. All that jazz, mm -hmm. well, but um, I you're gonna cut out the long pauses, right? Nope. Okay. I do no editing, and also. I, I subscribe to the idea of just embrace the silence. If there's silence, there'll be silence. The thing is, is people like listening to this because it's, a, it's like they're listening in or they're in on a conversation. Like, we're just having a conversation about stuff. I mean, I am kind of steering and directing, but at the same time, if I was, if I was meeting you and for a conversation with a third person, let's say, like, my friend Jake is listening, mm -hmm. I would say, like, I want to hear about your art very much. Mm -hmm. And so he'd be like, okay, let's hear about the art. Yeah, I'm in. So the pauses are just more conversationally and... I mean, any podcast I've listened to, that's not a big deal. Plus, you'll never beat the long pause that Molly and I had. Okay. It was yeah. like 14 seconds. <laughs> it was on purpose, but... On purpose, okay. I was like, let's be silent, and we just were quiet for like 10, 14 seconds. Was it a competition? Who lost? Um, who spoke first? I don't know who spoke first. I don't know if we were competing, but she probably did. She's weak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess... Um, I started drawing the way I draw now in high school um, com on like notebook line paper after school I would try making my own Pokemon comic Ooh. and Ooh, remind me to tell you about my comic but keep going okay and uh, it just kind of turned into it kind of just um, all downhill or uphill from there. I probably shouldn't say downhill because um, uphill. It, it, it took off from there. It took off so from there. Uphill, yeah. That's how much uh, sense. So. Uh, so you you drew a comic. Um, yeah, and I just um. I, at age as like a kind of older teen, I finally dis, um, discovered the wonders of the internet, mm -hmm. which is a pretty late time to. Um, get to understand the internet, but I shared my drawings online. And you know, yeah. I'd say that that's about the appropriate time because that's about when I started. Mm. The same year, not same age. I was because I'm two years older, two to three years older than you. So I was about sixteen when I really started to go on the internet. Mm. So I'd say that that's a, that's a fair time. I'm sure that there were other people who were on who got to enjoy, you know, early earlier things like mm -hmm. whatever new grounds or whatever. But like, I think you have done it a good time. Mm -hmm. So you started to share your drawings? Yeah, I started to share. Um, it was mostly um, tracings, which I'm really ashamed of. But Why? Because, well, 
I'll probably get back to that later, but anyway, um, they were traced from, like, official, um, show clips and stuff, and it eventually, um, went off to me, uh, doing stuff freehand, and so on and so on and so on, and I don't trace anymore, <laughs> and unless it's, like, my own, like, um, sketchbook sure. stuff, or not even that, probably just copy from it all over again, and, um, that's this kind of it. I've been drawing with a tablet, um, for about four or three years. When I first got it, I put it off for a year because I was so scared to, um, switch over, but now it's, um, yeah, it's, well, not easy, easy, but it's what I do um, the most. Okay. Do you still draw on paper, or do you only do it on tablet? I draw on paper, yeah. I, um, I've never <coughs> really filled in a sketchbook. I always leave, like, a quarter of it at least blank before I move on to another one, but I think that's a problem that a lot of people might have. Why is that a problem? Why, why, why is it just how you do things? Uh, why do you label it as a bad thing? I don't know. It's just, um... At most, you're wasting paper. At most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really easy to, um... Like, when a new year or a new point comes around, you buy a new sketchbook sure. and you start working in that and abandon the other one. Mm -hmm. Or you see a sketchbook that looks really nice visually, like the cover, and you just start working in that instead. And, or you um, just forget to draw completely, and that's why the sketchbook remains slightly empty. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, that's just, that's just your process. Embrace your process. Mm-hmm. You, so you think, you look at tracings shamefully. Well, not shamefully. Trace you seem, you see, shame was the word I'd place on your response. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not a shame, uh, depending on how you look at it. It, this is, um... How do you look at it? How do I look at it? Okay, uh, well, I think that tracing over something like a pose is a really good way of getting used to drawing, um, whether it be to get used to anatomy or... Um, maybe a specific style that is really helpful, but there's kind of a moral um, kind of breach, I guess. Um, of posting something that was traced. Yeah. I can understand that, but I've had this conversation with several people about, and I'm going to, I don't mean to transition, but like with comedy. Like, the way, you, for example, the way you do stand-up, it's kind of been accepted amongst certain people that you're not going to be yourself when you first start. The first two to three years, you're basically going to be copying a persona or something from an, an established comedian. Pete Holmes, my number one, uh, like, inspiration for all these things that I'm doing. I'm ripping the podcast off of him. He ripped the podcast off of Mark Maron. His stand-up when he first started was Brian Regan. He can't watch Brian Regan without ripping him off. It's just this thing. It's like you're inspired by stuff. It has to come from somewhere. You're not going to come as, an, as a, uh, a fully fledged out whatever you are when you first start. 
And especially, like you said, when it, when you have to, like, draw poses or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> it's just there's, um, there's a learning curve and there's all the other things that you could say. But just, like, I, I see what you're saying about, like, tracing something and saying, like, I do this. But, like, if you're learning to say, like, I mean, I, I assume if you post it, you throw one hashtag that says tracing on, trace tracing on there and he's good i did not well hashtags um you know what i mean i know what they are but when i first <laughs> did all this i, know I, you know what they I are. didn't know what tags were so i didn't really um tag anything as anything when i first started um publicly electronically sharing what i was doing i just kind of um let it happen and kind of let the word Pokemon bring people in. What was your comic about? Uh, characters that I'm, well, the comic that I drew in high school in my free time, mm-hmm. uh, it was about characters. On the show? Of No, not, not on the show. Yeah, my own. Um, it was based on <laughs> my adventures through Pokemon Pearl version, or Pearl and Platinum, I don't know. And they were characters that I made up, and that was basically them in the Generation 4 Sinnoh region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, um, I only played Platinum on an emulator, and I didn't finish it. My favorite game was uh, Ruby. I played that one to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. My comic, if you'll indulge me, of I drew a comic when I was in middle school. No, earlier, like, intermediate school, like, 6th or 7th grade. It was Dragon Man. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> I, I do, there were, there were four, there were four issues. There was, um, and I, I, I had these big plans, and this totally speaks to my, my, my character of, like, I have big plans when I do things, and so, like, I had planned to, like, make copies and distribute it at school. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> but, yeah, I do four Same. issues. And it was just, like, it was probably really heavily inspired by, like, like Dragon Ball Z or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of fighting, and, like, I had a lot of fight scenes, and it was just, like... I, I, I tried to picture what it looked like, and I just... I, I have no artistic talent. Like, my handwriting is, no, like, I, I've garbage. No, I've seen your drawing of the platypus flipping someone off. <laughs> that, that is great. <laughs> that, was a, that was a part of a, a day at work where I just told people to send me requests, and I would draw it <laughs> in, on a sticky note. In under a minute, and so that was that was a lot of fun. I, I like I like doing things and creating things, but like I'm definitely not like I said like you were talking about like forms, and I thought like oh yeah, when I try to draw a hand, it looks terrible. But I'm sure that you because you well I don't practice. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. I also have terrible handwriting because I don't try to have good handwriting, which is fine. Um, I'm not super worried about it. But yeah, that was um, yeah that's my experience with art. Mm-hmm. So you. Uh, just tweeted out. Oh. Um, last month. <laughs> okay, about a month ago. I thought you were gonna pull up the tweet I sent like an hour ago. I don't know. Oh, I, I'm gonna check what that is. <laughs> While you tell me about, you released a uh, a picture that you are going to become an. You are a artist who's taking commissions. I that am. must be that must be really scary. Yeah. So far, only three, and they're from people I know. Uh, Kind of well, one is done. The other two aren't done. <laughs> uh, Cause I haven't really sat 
down to do them. It's mm-hmm. kind of... I feel like if they were commissions from strangers, I'd probably get on it more quickly, but... That makes sense. Yeah, the other one, I'm supposed to be drawing a um, evil Bakura from Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. And... Uh, characters that belong to both me and a friend of mine. So I was yeah. thinking about getting you to draw me. Oh my god. Like. <laughs> that is such a like are you are you serious or are you making a joke? Cause no, I was legitimately thinking like okay, this is something I would want to do. Because there's this consistent joke that that there's like this uh, I don't I wouldn't call it a meme, but there's this um joke that someone walks up to someone drawing and like like oh did you draw that that yep can you draw me ha <laughs> ha nope because that's something that it well it is a common question i imagine and stuff but uh, yeah in all seriousness i i could draw you probably <laughs> yeah um in well, if i paid you you would have to right yeah i mean you could decline but well, no, I need the money. <laughs> you wouldn't decline. Yeah, that's what... Uh, no, because, I mean... I don't know. I have, a, I have a show, and it would be nice to support people on the show and, like, have something to post. It'd just be fun. It'd yeah. be a fun time. Um, but, yeah, no, I was thinking about it, and I was just like, that seems like a fun time. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, like, green lights. Like, if I green light you on that, maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll... In some kind of way. Because, this is a great transition, I feel like... One of the things that was really helpful for me with having certain people on the show and just having certain people in my life is they kind of encouraged me to grow as an artist. And I want to talk to you about how you've grown and maybe some things, some road markers along the way that you think of that have helped you grow. Like my big one, just to give you a second to kind of formulate. Of course. Give you a frame of reference. <clears throat> I was, um, I just went through this big breakup. Mm-hmm. This was like three months ago. I was with, uh, and it was just this completely draining experience where I was just like fully invested in this relationship and I wasn't working on myself, wasn't doing anything. And so we broke up and I was talking with my friend Tori and he was just like, you have to, you're young enough to where you should be doing things that are more risky because you don't have responsibilities, you don't have this, you don't have that. And it kind of, you know, you should be doing the things that you've always wanted to do. And I, had been, I realized I'd been putting all these things off. And so that, to me, that was a really good, a really strong turning point where I just started to, to do all the things that I wanted to do. Improv, I'm writing stand-up, I'm playing music, I'm doing this podcast. And so, like, for me, that was a huge, huge, huge... And I can think of a couple others, but that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question was... What's, what's a big turning point? Because if you look at where you first started and where you are now, there's obviously a lot of growth. And I feel like... It's not, it's not, it's, it would be really impressive if it was just small, steady, incremental growth bits all the way to here now. Mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be some things that have happened that have just, like, shot the process up more, or made it, like, a big thing that happened that was like, whoa, I can do this or this. Like, what made you want to commission your art? What made you decide to draw the certain way you did? What made you switch to a tablet? Like, there's all kinds of things, I think, that would be interesting to find the reason behind and kind of acknowledge acknowledge more about your growth as an artist because there's no way that you are where you are now which you are, you are a great artist 
I don't want to. I don't want to butter your bread too much because I feel like people don't like it when I do that. Well. But I do that all the time. You're a great artist, and so like that didn't just happen. Like you, there was things that had to. There, there has to be a story. Mm-hmm. Some something has to. Happen. Someone had to influence you, or or something like that. Okay. Well. Uh... I guess when I um, first started college, like as a freshman, probably sophomore, either one, uh, I was struggling to find this motivation because, well, for many reasons, but I was having trouble wanting to draw and wanting to improve because I wasn't having fun with it anymore. Um, not necessarily because of drama, but because of, um, just the feel like I was not really having fun. I feel like I just said that already, but... Was it more like a chore? Well, um... Or just something that you weren't interested in? It took a back burner to life? It... Backseat. Uh... Not necessarily a chore... I just wasn't... Wasn't into it? Well, yeah, into it. I I've gone through that with music, where I just, like... I love music, obviously. I mean, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. But, like, I love playing music, and there have I can definitely think of times where I didn't touch my guitar for months. Like, mm-hmm. A long time. And yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. Just, like, wanting to take a break. And that always worries me, because you see people who are successful, and they do it every day, or they do it, like... For hours at a time, this whole, like, don't break the chain thing or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, it's it's impressive and it's a lot of pressure to feel like you have to do it. And if you're not having fun, you need to take a break. Yeah, and taking a break, per se, was um, kind of difficult. I kind of, uh, I guess, wanted validation or Ooh, um, some... that topic. Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh... Not, well, validation and kind of camaraderie. And my sense of camaraderie um, or my feeling of camaraderie uh, was um, diminishing. And I get, I was, I don't remember the specifics, but online I found this um, community of people around my age, I'd say, um, or younger even. the stuff that they made was goofy, but they obviously liked putting effort behind, and they seemed to have each other's back when it came to critiquing one another and um, talking to one another. And I just decided, okay, I'll put my foot in the door with that. And it kind of um, kicked off from there. And now I consider a lot of the people that I met through that decision to be Really, really good friends. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. We can plug anything you want at the top of the show, so... Well, I don't know if anyone specifically <laughs> wants me to mention them sure. in this show, they, so they know, I'm they just know gonna... who they are. They do listen. Yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> the best thing is you looked at the mic when you said that. <laughs> you were like, you know who you are. Yeah. No, that... you brought, Oh, my gosh, you brought up some of your things. Um, first of all, I am so... I am probably... One a person, okay, I'm definitely a person. I'm somebody who can relate to you as far as having an online community. Mm-hmm. When I was living in New Orleans, I found an online community, and they've been my friend for like four years. Mm-hmm. Like everyone who's a part of the show, 
Tom, Jake, Tori, and the three people who like helped me out the most, they're all friends who live in different states and I met playing video games. Mm -hmm. Tom lives in Charlotte, Jake lives in Texas, and Tori lives in bumfuck Arkansas or something? I don't know. <laughs> wherever the fuck he lives. Some, some big state. <laughs> he listens to the show. Shout out Tori. He gets a shout out every episode. And I say that every episode. Um, so having an online community, I can totally understand because how are you going to find the exact community that you want mm -hmm. where you live? Like, how are you going to find an artist? An artist is staying inside. Like, yeah. There's no, there's no, and there's also, I will say this, there's no website for making friends. There's no way to make friends. Yeah. Well, no um, specific way. There's a lot of ways to meet people in this day and age. Um, but, but, but the people who are going to be receptive to your friendship, like mm -hmm. I found out that the people I would want to meet are at like an improv class. Yeah. Like Matthew and I are good friends and, you know, Molly and I are friends and just like all these people in the class who I've gotten to do the show with or something like we grow into, we have, when you sit down for someone and talk to ours and you get as deep as I have and we are going to, cause this is early in the show. So it's going to get, it's going to get better. Um, it's good. Uh, <laughs> it gets better, I, I swear. Promise. We hit our stride at about the uh, the seventy five minute mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I can I feel like for me, improv is a place where people who would would be receptive to my friendship because it's not just a matter of like putting yourself out there. It's finding someone who is receptive to you putting yourself out there. And mm -hmm. I feel like the kind of people I want to meet are at improv. But like, also, you and I found these communities of people who were just like us or were into the same things, and so mm -hmm. like. I found people to play video games with, and I've been friends with them for three, four years, and some of them have grown into actual friendships where we talk about our actual life problems. So some of them are just maintained as, like, mm -hmm. we play games sometimes, and it's fun, and they're and they're great. Yeah. Um, I can think of plenty of people in my group who I really want to play games with, and it's fun, and I like to be silly, and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so the online community thing and the camaraderie thing, for me, resonates really strongly because I move around a lot. So I've... Uh, I was in the past, like, ten years, I was, I've was i been here for a year. I was in New Orleans for five, South Carolina for two, Missouri for one, and Utah for ten. So, like, I've moved, I've pin, pinballed around. During the formative years, where you're supposed to, like, settle down or something. And so I've had to start over and meet people and start over and make friends and start over. So having camaraderie or having a group of people who, just having a social network yeah, is really important. It's really hard, and it's, like, when you don't have it, you don't realize how much you need it. Yeah, I've really grown, um, I guess, dependent on it. And I'm not really sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Because um, when I was having trouble getting to know people in college, I tried turning to people online. And I was even nervous to do that because I thought of myself as um, kind of not that cool or not that um, important or think really who wants to mm -hmm. um, get to know me. I might expand on that later because it's actually kind of important, something that has been on my mind a lot me recently. Too. And uh, And when that wasn't really, um, I don't know, not working out so much, I did make friends in college, but then... That turned out to not work out so much because, um, uh, I don't know, relationships, they're, um, they go up and down. They change. Yeah. And sometimes for the better, sometimes doesn't really work out. You just have you don't know until you try. And that's a big thing I learned while I was in school. And um, but the 
my online community that I was a part of got better, if anything, it evolved or mm-hmm. altered because it changed from being into one thing to being into multiple things to, um, hey, everyone, let's um, try Dungeons and Dragons over Skype and me yeah, up and online board games and stuff like party games. Just doing things together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I can totally relate. We, um, <clears throat> my group and I have gone as far as like, as far as like flying to a city and hanging out in person for like a weekend or something. We've done oh, that three yeah. times. Super fun. And I totally, like we do all kinds of fun things. Like my friend Tom and I, we, we hang out all the time. Like I'll drive to Charlotte, I'll hook him up to here and mm-hmm. we do, we do make, make videos together. Um, just, yeah, I can totally, totally relate to the thought of like having a group evolve and like being friends with people and like going, I'm going to one of my online friends' wedding, like I'm invited to his, like me and a bunch of them are invited to a wedding. Like that's a huge deal. So like I can, you're, you're speaking to somebody who's been through exactly what you have and it's, I'm, I'm here saying like, this is an amazing thing. It's kind of crazy how it worked out. Yeah. Because I have been a part of other communities that don't work out and it's really really easy to feel bad when you don't feel like you're accepted into any kind of community big or small but like when you when you do feel like you're accepted but at the same time and I'm bringing this back maybe earlier than you wanted to mm-hmm. when you feel accepted by a community it's great but let's say your friends have an off day or something and you don't feel accepted like I've, I've left my community a couple times and I've had a, 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 we have like 50 people in our group mm-hmm. so oh like, wow that's big and I've had like I left, I remember last time I left, I had three people check in on me, see if I was okay. Uh-huh. That feels bad. Three out of 50? To say, like, hey, are you okay? Like, we haven't seen you in, like, three months. I, there was a, there were some toxic people, so I had to leave. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't subject myself to that. And so, like, three people checked in to see if I was okay, and to me, like, yeah, I kind of expected more to see, like, hey, come back or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't know if that's weird or just, like, self-serving. Well, it kind of makes sense to me. I tend to be rather, um, the bigger the group, the more quiet I become, or even the louder the group, the more quiet I become, which is why I had such a hard time talking to people I wanted to get to know. It's because I felt quiet. Not only was I quiet, I felt quiet, so I probably kind of sabotaged myself, but... Mm -hmm. Also, um, the more people there are, the more chances um, of them talking about something I don't understand or um, just don't feel like there's a reason for me to hop in. But um, I think I've gotten better with that. I mean, I think if it's a group of like 10 people who I've actually gotten to know pretty well, um, that goes fairly okay but it just takes time like I start from getting to know people not like all at once but rather just over time which is why it's taken me um up to almost three years to um from thinking of like I'm at the bottom of the food chain and now I'm feeling like you belong yeah that that's an interesting thing, especially when making new friends. I don't know. I've I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, who wants to know me? I would set our book down just to kind of get the point across. But mm-hmm. like, 
I'm a very communicative person. And so I like to do the thing. I don't remember where I saw it or read it, but like people don't tell each other what they think or feel. Mm-hmm. So like, like Matthew and I had a conversation for like an hour the other night and like that meant a lot to me. And it was really great that he stopped and took a serious interest in what I was saying. And I told him that, but like people don't, people don't tell people like, oh, I, I really appreciate that kind of thing. And I feel like when people don't do that, they don't think to do that. It makes the person not feel welcome. But if you go out of your way to welcome them, yeah. this is the small, this is a small, a small facet of where this feeling comes from. Because I think you and I are similar in that we really hold ourselves to a very high standard. We're very critical of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. And so like, if you feel for a second, like you're not meeting those expectations then you immediately think that everybody thinks that. Yeah. And they're like, why is this person in our group? This is ridiculous. Yeah, but I... Nobody, but nobody, the thing is, nobody thinks that. Yeah, that's... It's really difficult for me to imagine what other people must be feeling. Well, not, like, difficult, like, impossible. It's just difficult for me to um, really remember that everyone has a bad day, everyone's going through hardships Mm -hmm. and we're all the same but it's like I'm not really sure if I'm not really sure when to say how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and I'm it's well it's um I don't know. I just kind of value other people's emotions over mine sometimes. So, and when I'm not really sure if my voice or my presence is that important, I tend to really not say anything at all because I'm just so terrified or nervous about what if I say something and it blows up in my face. Like, what if I make things worse? Mm -hmm. So. Interesting. Because I feel like part of that, and maybe I can't relate to in like a, group, a, friend, a friend group, because sometimes if I don't feel welcome, you know, I just will like close the chat and I just won't participate. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll like, I don't know, I don't really know how I would do it. But when I think about like in a relationship, like the girl I'm seeing now, sometimes I feel that exact same way. Where you just don't say anything and it's just like you and I think that and maybe you'll find res, reson, you'll resonate with this I feel like a lot of times I'm projecting onto her these things that I feel that you were just talking about do you think do you think you do that at all projecting projecting like I believe that um so we're, we'll, we'll be hanging out we'll be at lunch and I want to tell a story. Um, this happened at work today. In my mind, I think she doesn't want to hear the story. She would be really bored and it would probably in some way upset her if I told the story. So I won't tell the story. But really, I could have told the story. She would have listened. It might not have been the most interesting story. Mm-hmm. But she would have happily listened and, and said something in rebuttal. And it wouldn't have bothered her at all. It would have been a story and it would have been over. But, like, the way maybe you and I think I'm lumping you in, um, we really hold ourselves to a higher standard and say, like, nobody wants to hear this. 
or we say like if I'll say if I say this they might not think good of me I don't think that's the right that's the right feeling I'm trying to connect in some way what you're feeling and I'm trying to relate it to see to see if I can if I can identify it mm-hmm so you're in a group setting. You have a story that you want to tell, but the conversation... I, this is dumb. I can't think of a way to appropriately relate what I'm trying to say. Or what I'm trying... I'm trying to trying to understand what you're saying on, a, on an emotional level. Because I feel like we're close on, on feeling unwelcome in certain social situations. Mm-hmm. Well... But, but maybe because we are different personalities, it's not going to look the same. Like, for me, I'm a little more loud and a little more, like, I want to be in the conversation more. But, well, first of all, do you feel that way? Like, you want to be in the conversation? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to feel completely shunned, Mm -hmm. but... Um, and the feeling of inclusion is usually a good thing. Uh, if it's something like if they're talking about something that I don't understand, I might feel a little bad, but I'll be kind of happy just hearing that they're having fun talking about it. That speaks to what you were saying before. Yeah. I think, I think I can maybe, well, first of all, are you, are you a relationship person? Like? Romantic relationships. I honestly, um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm more of a... Because Molly, um, I don't, I, I, I don't remember. I believe she said, uh, she thinks she might be asexual. Mm. She's never been in a relationship. Never been on a date. I'm pretty sure that was aired on the episode. Um... Matthew dates occasionally. Quentin isn't big on dating. Uh, I don't remember what Will's thing was. Me, over the past ten years, I'd say I spent seven of them in relationships, seven to eight. And so, like, I'm a really, I'm a serial monogamous. I, I, in the in the past, I, I want I want to separate myself from that. In the past, I was always trying to find a relationship, and I believe partially because I couldn't find friends. And you can find a companionship in a relationship. Someone's looking to be your companion as well. Mm-hmm. And you can't find friends as easy, so you find someone who will be your friend in a relationship form. So, like, for me, I, I'm a relationship person. I very, I very much want to be in a relationship. Do you feel like you're in the same boat? Do you, do you crave relationships? Uh, I don't crave it necessarily. Like, my life is meaningless if I don't find a partner to... Um, impregnate me so we can fulfill God's purpose on this earth or anything. <laughs> you took it a step too far, too far so- from me. No, 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 I'll, no, no. I'll back up, definitely. <laughs> I want to stop, I want to stop at partner, but yeah. I understand what you're saying. Like, for me, it was, it was, that's where, it's, for me, that's where it's at. I should, I should clarify. For me, it was just find a partner to spend my life with. Um, that's still something I want very much. But I feel like I'm taking the pressure off myself to find that. Like I would just like never stop until I found that. That was kind of my my my, my goal at the time. But like now I'm like, I'll find it. I'll figure it out. Whatever. <clears throat> I never really thought about the next step that you said, which is like impregnate impregnate me and fulfill God's plan. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but le- but let's let's just keep it on the being a relationship level. Yeah. You don't find yourself seeking out relationships. Well, um. No. Well, I didn't really um seek them out. Um, when I wasn't really too much of a social butterfly, um, I think, uh, I didn't necessarily crave them. I mean, I had my crushes. My crush in high school was kind of a mistake. Take in a sense, but I don't have to talk about that. You can if you want to. I'm sure that I'm sure that people are curious because you you smiled and laughed when you said that. So I'm sure it's a story. <laughs> well, um, there was this guy, like the one guy that wasn't a total like bro or um complete uh, I don't know jackass or anything. There you go. I thought that I thought he was nice, like nice to me, not picking on me or anything. I thought, and I thought he was cute. I asked him out to prom. He showed up in like a camouflage print vest <laughs> and spent a lot, and he was a goofy dancer and all, but he spent like most of the night talking about cars with one of our classmates. And after... When graduation was approaching, I realized how much of a fan he was about Confederate history <laughs> and stuff. So topical. It's at the time of recording. Yeah, if we can. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you realized that he he wasn't uh, ideologically a match. No, I mean. He was he was nice. I was nice. He gave me a black eye in gym, totally on accident. I kind and I couldn't be mad at him at all because he was the guy I liked, and he was really sorry. And you could do no wrong. And <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. it but uh, I don't know. So uh, well, did, it, was, it really he, wasn't on purpose. How did he give you a black eye? Like, we were playing handball in gym, and I wasn't paying attention because I hated gym. And all the guys were throwing the ball, which was like a volleyball, like, at, like, bullet speed. Yeah. And it just, like, hit, it hit me in the face. And that's that's pretty much it. And after I was, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Go team. Because all I really cared about, if my if anything was broken and if I was bleeding. And if I was neither, then, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. But no, I was, like, super. I, like, walked up to him afterwards. My face completely red. The side of my face, like, swelling up. And, like, hey, look it. I'm fine. <laughs> I obviously wasn't. I thought I was. But anyway, so, um, relationships. Um... I'm kind of speaking from how I feel currently. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not entirely sure how I feel. I'm honestly questioning it a lot at the moment how what where I stand in what I want in a relationship, but um cuz I'm not necessarily too attracted by looks necessarily. I really um I really enjoy laughing and just having a good time. So 
I mostly seek out, like, um, in high school, I was really into the whole best friends first, then moving on from that. And, um... Chicks before dicks and all that? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Chicks before dicks, bro before hoes? Uh... Those aren't my terms. They they've existed. I I know I know. <laughs> I was I just wanted to be sure I heard you correctly. Yep. Chicks before dicks. It's <laughs> the name of the podcast. No, it's not. But hey, I'm I'm not running it, so <laughs> you can change your. We're doing we're doing a whole rebrand. Yeah. That good luck with that. <laughs> uh, you should see our logo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Uh so um So no, you it's... you were more focused on maintaining friendships in in school. I <clears throat> guess I didn't really have too many like intimate friendships. Sure. That's a weird way of playing it. No, 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 no. Uh, I I think that that for me that relates. I can yeah. I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah, I left high school um liking or ever wanting to probably ever like you leave a place and you're like okay who do I want to keep talking to and Mm -hmm. who do I want to leave behind for me at the time it was like two maybe three people definitely more because of the teachers and the kids in the lower grades before me that I thought were really cool but um, from my grade, only like two people, only one now, uh, and I still don't really ever talk to them. Mm-hmm. But for me, friendship is definitely, uh, it's important, but in my experience, friendship changes, like relationships, not like romantic relationships, just relationships in general, yeah, yeah. they change. So... And also, if you're not, it's easier to, like, to maintain a friendship in high school when you're in high school with that person. But, like, yeah. for example, like, I have two friends in my past that don't live in Richmond that I, I consider, like, real friends. One from high school and one from college. But I don't live in either of those places anymore. So I don't, t- I've only talked to the one from high school once in the past five, six, seven years. And the one from college I talk to every now and then, but, like... You know, it's difficult because we don't live there anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're not, oh, but to, to kind of relate it, you're not in that space. Mm-hmm. You're not in the same place. So, like, I would, can if, I consider them friends. And if we were to meet up and hang out, it would be like, you're a real friend. But, you know, you don't see them. So, it's, yeah. they're, just, they're just there. Yeah. Right? Um, would you, you that's, that's kind of the point you're making. I guess, yeah. I mean, I got to know people in college. I saw them every day, but because I used to be a really big introvert, I still kind of am. Uh, I would get worn out easily, so seeing them every day became really, really tiresome. Sure. And then really unnecessary drama ensued, and I just wanted to cut myself away from all of it. Like, the person who was my best friend in college for about two years, I grew weary of their inability to empathize with how I was feeling. And I came to realize that other people felt the same about them, 
so I don't necessarily think I fell into mom mentality, but rather I was becoming more self-aware of what kind of behavior was okay and what behavior wasn't. I mean, that's so interesting. In what way? Just like a lot of times we, we as people don't think about what we do and how it affects other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that I've really, I've really, I've really been aware of for a very long time. Not, in a, but not in the correct way. I think a lot about what other people want, and especially I talked about this, so I'll kind of glaze over real quick. Like when you are dating or meeting somebody, like I won't approach a woman or even a person in public. Because you don't know what kind of day they're having. You don't know what kind of, what they want out of anything. Mm-hmm. So I could approach somebody and it could go well and they could be like really receptive. Like, oh yeah, I'd love to go on a date or yeah, we could hang out and see if we could become friends. But you could also go very badly and mm-hmm. like maybe they, like you, they're really tired of social interactions or it freaks them out. And so like a lot of people don't take that into account. And I think that for me, that's so fascinating because I, I take it in too, too much into account. Like, when I was saying, like, telling a story at lunch with the girl I'm seeing, like, I think about what she thinks way too much, and I do a lot of projecting, and I just, it stops me from doing things like that. So I think that, just to me, that that topic is very interesting, because I overdo it. I'm on the other side, where it's like, I just think too much, and I I won't do something to avoid offending somebody, or putting someone in a very uncomfortable situation, um, being thoughtful and empathizing. I feel like people don't do that enough. But continue. So you you found it laborious, exhausting. Yeah, um, I can't really put specifics sure. on it or anything, to. but <laughs> uh, it just sounds like it was for you learning. You you, you were becoming more self aware. You were yeah. learning about what you want, like. For me, I think about all the romantic relations that I've been in, and I get out of it, and I think if I didn't look at it this way, it'd be bad. I'm growing these relationships. I'm learning what I want and don't want, and I'm also learning how to be a better partner in person. Like, Mm -hmm. I am who I am because I was in every relationship, good or bad, long or short, whatever it was, I've grown because of those things. Yeah. And so for you, that was your way of growing socially. Like, yes, I love my friends, but I need alone time. I need this much. I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. But also, I can't I can't handle somebody who can't acknowledge my needs and yeah. say, like, this is what you need. Okay, let me give it to mm-hmm. you. Whatever you need, I'm there. Like, that's the kind of friend that I try to be. Like, what do you need? Yeah. Uh, there's a, something that um, I was told. I think I'm probably taking this from another podcast. Or I heard f- from someone talking um, about another podcast. But there's, like, types of people in the world, um, takers, givers and the in-betweeners um the people who are takers like um climb to the top and um kind of they know what they want and they get it and the givers kind of feed the takers but they don't really um focus too much on themselves and that can be rather damaging and the in-betweeners they kind of suck off of the takers in a way and I actually haven't thought about this in a long time so I'm paraphrasing a lot and Mm -hmm. probably being really vague but I consider myself a giver like I used to um, really want to be there for people and really want 
everyone else to have a good time, even if... You're not. If I'm not, yeah. So um, I think that I've come to want to value myself more. That kind of goes back to the finally opening um, art commissions, because I held it off for so long because I didn't think that I was ready or anyone would be interested or I didn't like um, my talent or my style, any of that. I just didn't value um, my um, the idea of getting paid to do what I do. So I guess um, my self-esteem has, as fragile as it still is, has finally... Um, got strong enough so I can uh, try and get my needs met a little bit more. Interesting. Or my feelings. The validation heard. thing, which I think is this is a good transition into it. The validation, I feel like, every first of all, everybody needs validation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that applies to everybody. How people will get it is the thing that is different. So some people can do it by themselves. Some people don't need other people to validate them. I am that such that I need, I can validate myself. I think actually I validate myself too much. I, I kind of build myself up. And <clears throat> I'm, all, I'm getting to the point, age where I want, I check myself. So I'll bring myself down, but I'll still like push myself up. And then when I'm in a relationship or when I'm hanging out with friends, that, that, that to me, that's a whole other set of validation. That's like um, a separate from my individual validation. Mm-hmm. So I need a partner to validate me as a partner. I need a friend to val- validate me as a friend. Mm-hmm. And do you, so do you find that um, you you were able to separate your individual validation and your artist validation? Or do you, do you have just one validation bar and it kind of all fluctuates, you sink or, sw- you sink or swim based on how full that is? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, I know. I think I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily um say that they're one and the same, but I think that they operate on the same feelings cuz I draw when I f- feel good about drawing or I feel like drawing when I um I try to draw when I'm upset or tired um I get mixed results from that. Uh, the like the individual validation. You mean like for as my a person, s- as an individual, as you, who you are. I mean, also I don't know because you're not typically a relationship person. Is what I'm getting at. Is what I'm getting from you. Well, that because you haven't really committed to one one way or the other. Well, I, I, I like just you, don't know. I'm an like indecisive if, person. If you if you were to... F- I feel like this is... And call me on my shit. You don't seek out relationships. Me, I seek out relationships. I'll go on the apps. I'll, I'll talk to my friends. Hook me up with someone. I want to meet somebody. I want to advance the plot. Mm-hmm. I want to meet somebody. So for you, I feel like you're just like... If somebody comes along and they make me laugh... And I feel a connection, and I feel like they like me, and they want me around. Like, yeah, then I, you would pursue. It. But I feel like you, you, you are okay with being single. Like, there's, there's nothing bad for you about that. Yeah. Well, and, um, the idea of being single doesn't um, hurt me in any way. Uh, the idea of being with someone at the moment right now is kind of um, scary. Uh, 
mostly because, I don't know, just the whole um, reciprocation of feelings thing is kind of um, on my mind a lot recently, and uh, yeah, I don't seek anything out. I kind of just let them come to me because um, I kind of concern myself I guess if you want to put a label on it, demisexual. Well, define that for our listeners okay, um, and our host. Hold on. First, let me... Uh, Google it? Well, I just want to double check that I'm not, like, making an ass of myself. Sure. And Let's take a quick, uh, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We have taken... It's starting to become a thing when we take bathroom breaks. <laughs> like, it started with Matthew, because we did... Our episode was three hours... And then Ryan had to go twice because he kept drinking water. He was a very small bladdered man. Um, but now it's just become a thing. Okay, so demisexual. What is the de- what is the definition? Yeah, basically, um, I feel no sexual attraction to anyone unless I feel a strong emotional connection with them. So, um, so I feel like if you are that and you do find somebody. Um, you find someone who you feel that with, it's really scary because it's hinging on that and they might not feel the same way. So, like, a normal relationship might start with physical attraction. And then as you spend time together and grow together, you develop a relationship. And so it's got to be very difficult when to want to start a relationship, you need to kind of see that or kind of see that starting to form, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to be very difficult. Yeah, it's, uh, a lot of my, um, I guess, crushes, um, of the past five or six years have developed because, um, I've met people who've made me laugh and just feel good and felt like we, um, get along really nice. Uh, so... That's basically all it is. It's mm-hmm. um, not really anything having to do with any um, attraction other than just the fact that, I don't know, we've got a emotion, we've, we're bonding. I'm kind of stumbling over my words right now. No, so. but I mean, if you need to think about it, you think it out. I think that, I think that... I don't want to say this because it sounds dumb. So I'm going to say it, and I'm going to, I want to acknowledge that it's dumb. I'll acknowledge it now and after. I feel like demisexuality has a lot of applications to just any kind of relationship. Like, yes, um, I feel like I can get through the first six months, and by the six, by then, I expect some sort of strong emotional thing to be happening. And yeah, I, I'm realizing now I want someone who makes me laugh. I want someone who I find joy with when I do anything. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm unhappy um, doing whatever I'm doing, then I don't want to be in this relationship because yeah, it's like, it's not, it's not, been, it's, it's, it's hurting me. It's like, in the past, I've kind of gotten over that and just like really tried to make it work. But like, nowadays, if someone can make me laugh, it's like, I'm not going to find joy around you. I'm not going to find happiness, and then that's going to bring me down. Like, the people, one of the reasons why I decided to go to improv to meet people was, like, these are people who are aspiring comedians more than likely. They're people who want to be funny or think that 
fun things are fun. They're in an improv class. And, like, Matthew's a comedian, and we hang out, and we do bits all the time, and Molly's funny. She's not that funny. She's hilarious. I'm kidding. <laughs> She's, um, so, like, me, Matthew, and Molly were hanging out, um, we went to a show, and the, we, during the intermission, we just walked around, and, like, we're just joking around. And to me, it was fun. I don't know, and this kind of plays back to, um, who would want to know me, or do I fit in? Like, I had a great time. I don't know if they did. And they wouldn't say, not because, like, I held a gun like to their head, like, tell me you had a good time. It's just like, they, it's not normal to just say, like, I had a really fun time. I like doing, this is what I like. Like, we were just doing, like I said, doing bits and just mm-hmm. laughing. And it was like, that's what I like. That's yeah. what I want from my life. I want to find people I can surround myself and and do these things. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about a lot of my friends right now. I um, There are times when we have to... Um, be serious and have each other's sure. backs and have talks and discussions and just, um, I guess, debate also. Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of times where we're just um, laughing together and introducing each other to really dumb jokes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is really fun, just um, being complete dorks and... But, but that's the ebb and flow of a relationship. Like yeah. I said, Matthew and I the other night had a really talk, a good talk where you, like, I was telling him about my feelings and, like, mm-hmm. my relationship. And he, like, was absorbing it and giving me good advice and just, like, being a good friend. So, like, yeah, I, I feel, like, serious and funny, ebb and flow. And when you find that connection, you want to hold on to it and you want to see where it goes. And if the other person feels the same way, then you've got a good friendship. These friendships that you and I hold on to, those the ones that are, like, Mm-hmm. from our past like those are, that's because we had that relationship and yeah. when you do talk or communicate you see that they still want to kind of pursue something like that and so for me that's kind of the valuable thing and I think how we, all these things kind of tie together and in a relationship for you so I'm, I'm assuming that that's what you're looking for you're looking for someone who can mm-hmm. be your friend and then um but take it further mm-hmm. I'm sure because I mean that's a, that's a, anyway, I want a best friend as my partner I want to find a woman who cares about me, makes me laugh, and shows me all these things, and, like, to me, that's, that's a perfect relationship. I can get past probably most things. I could, I might even be a the Republican if she can do those things. <laughs> Sorry. That's a stupid joke, and also partially <laughs> alienating. It's a joke, people. Yeah. <laughs> so... I feel like that covered relationships for you. I feel like that kind of gives us a frame of reference. Yeah. So when you, when, when it comes to validation... I think because I think that's where we got, got into it. I don't think we finished that. You can't. You can separate different types of validation where you need to receive it from. Um, yeah, I'd say so. If I need validation for my talent, um, it's a separate thing. Yeah, it that's totally separate. Like, I like getting feedback on what I do, and when I post something or share something, and I get pretty much nothing back, that is kind of disheartening. But I don't need, like, a lot of views or likes or anything. I just need, like, to know that I made someone happy. And that, oh, that would can, be enough. I can feel that. I mean, not to make this about me. <laughs> but just to show you that I can relate. And I feel, like, I, I feel like that's one of the things that I do all the time. And for me, I feel like people hate it. But at the same time, I feel like I want someone, if I express a feeling, to tell me that they feel the same way. I did a, a YouTube collaboration with my friend Tom we did a month of videos we were very proud of the videos we had fun it was a lot of work and like no one watched them I have 50 friends 
Some I should have fifty views. Like I'm making these videos, my friends should watch them. Yeah, it's because you you support your friends. Yeah, I listen. I listen to all kinds of shit that I don't want to listen to, but they're my friends. I support mm-hmm. them. Oh my god, I'm sorry. No, I don't mean to interrupt. It's just that's kind of um, what I was doing two nights ago. I was trying to support a friend, even though I was completely. Um, Dumb, dumbfounded and didn't really care that much about what they were doing. I wanted to be there to be like, hey, I'm here. You're, this is your first time being on a, hosting a panel in front of dozens of people. I want to be there for you. But I was having a good time for maybe the wrong reasons because I was just laughing my ass off internally about how awkward it was to see someone I know um, get so much praise. And this person, they did help me, like, on my YouTube channel get attention, but it felt really undeserved, and it felt really unwanted, at least from, like, I didn't really want... The attention and it gave me a lot of pressure to make content so I just kind of almost broke I stopped like I felt like if I made a promise then I would be disappointing a lot of people plus I was also getting really dumb comments about when are you working on this and mm-hmm. it was kind of people people started to have expectations and you didn't have the same expectations of yourself yeah. there's, a, there's a pressure when you when you have an audience like like for me with this podcast, part of me doesn't want people to email because I'm doing the podcast that I want to do, and I don't want someone to email me and say like they want me to do it different. I wouldn't, and I think yeah. I, I think I'm to the, I think I'm okay to the point where I just let it roll off and say like, sorry, this is for me. Mm-hmm. But like, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't. I know. I I check every every time I think about it. I check to see how many downloads we have. But I'm really glad I don't get the metrics on listens. Or like duration listened because that would that would that would just ruin me and I would like do all these things, but just knowing that for however reason whether it's bots like every episode has basically a hundred or more downloads mm. one to two hundred downloads, so like but I don't know who's listening so to a degree it makes me feel kind of good but I'm also like aware that it's probably not real but like like it's bots like, I think it's mostly bots like I probably have like but whatever yeah, so the point is. I'm doing what I want to do, and I couldn't imagine, like, feeling the pressure of people wanting me to do something, and I don't want to do it, or it doesn't feel right, or it's like, I'm creating for the sake of you, not because I want to create mm -hmm. that, and that's the thing that I I never, ever want to, because with doing the videos with my friend Tom, like, it became, we we, we set the arbitrary expectations of, like, we need to have three videos out a week, and I was like, I really don't want to do this. Like yeah. I like I like video editing. I love making videos with Tom, but having this pressure to do this thing that I don't I don't really like video editing that much. Like it's fun, it can be fun, but it's just a lot of work yeah. and for no return. Yeah. And so for me, doing this podcast, I get return from doing it. Like if I got return from editing, I would do editing more, but mm-hmm. I don't get any return from it. So like I don't want to do it. But doing the podcast, I get the return. And so like for you, I'm sure making the content that you did make when you did make it before you had this expectation was good. And you were able to, like, I put this video up, I feel great about it. And then people were like, you need to do this or you want to do this or, like, making promises. Like, oh, I'll have this video up. I'll do a video. You see this a lot of time on certain YouTube channels. Like, sorry, I haven't been posting as much as I wanted to. Like, 
I'm going to get back into the swing of things. And that's, that's the same thing. Like, they're making mm-hmm. these promises because they feel they have an audience and they feel they have to cater to the audience. Yeah. And I feel like as an artist, any artist, rather, who does that isn't making art anymore. They're just putting out something because they feel they have to. Yeah, that's kind of... Um... A long way to basically repeat your point. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Uh, I think that, um, once you disassociate yourself from that feeling, I don't know, I feel like people react to that kind of ordeal in certain ways. Like, if you get attention from doing what you love, that's great, Mm -hmm. but, um, you can either thrive off of it, or you can... Crumble under it. Yeah, you can either, you can care too much or even too little because of the, um, response from other people, and... Because one person can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of really talented friends. I consider them talented, at least. Um, and, I don't know, some just keep going. They're like a robot. They just love doing what they do, and they churn out, well, not... Content. They, they, put, they yeah. put the things out that they want to put out. Yeah, they don't, like put it out like constantly like once a week or anything but they still work hard at it they know they have goals and they're working to achieve their goals and the others they have ideas they want to work on those ideas and but they just don't usually they don't do it as quickly I should say because I don't know their drive is much different They've got um, other stuff going on, and I think I'm more in that core. I'm more in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, like I come up with something, and I end up abandoning it because I come up with something different, and that idea kind of overrides the previous idea I had. Either that, or I just kind of start disliking the other idea completely, or. Um, cause my art style changes a lot or my interests change sure. a lot. So, um, it all, it's all like a mishmash of different reasons. I could come up with a million excuses as to why my Alice in Wonderland inspired, um, web series that I tried to make two years ago isn't like out yet or anything, but... It all just comes down to the fact that um, I kind of moved on. I'm only one person. I can only do so much. Yeah. Kind of ordeal. And if, if you're not if you're not feeling the the web the web series, then why would you do it? Because it would just be half assed and it wouldn't wouldn't be what you want to work on. Mm-hmm. So like for example, just to tie it into me, and again maybe make try to, try to relate it to make you feel like you're not alone there. All good. Yeah. I want to do stand up. Mm-hmm. And I've been I have I have a small collection of jokes I've been writing, but it hasn't it's been on the back burner because it's not something I want to put the time into, and it's like I really want to do it and I like doing it, and maybe that's that part isn't as relatable, but like I'm not doing it because I don't want to. I want to focus on this show and playing music and doing improv. Improv is kind of like the number one like important thing because we have like the showcase coming up and stuff like that. So like. For me, I feel like this major interest that I have, like, you like doing, you like, of course, the web series that you have, I'm sure you like, and, like, something you eventually would like to finish, 
Yeah. But you need to be in the right headspace. Like, mm-hmm. I want to write stand-up. I want to finish this series. And that, that will motivate you to, to do your best work. But if you just do it for the sake of completing it, it's not going to be good. Um, I, think that, I think that might fit into the expectation of success uh, kind of thing. I have this... this the first episode I did of the show, me and Tom talked about the expectation of success and the fear of failure a lot. And it was kind of this big thing where we felt like as a channel we expected to succeed and we were afraid of failing. And so we did all these things to we work around that instead of just wiping that away and saying like, let's create what we want to create. We still did. But like, yeah, that's kind of, I feel like that speaks to what you're doing. You're, you're afraid of failing at being a YouTube YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Or, or web comic yeah. artist. Either way. I have a... <clears throat> I try different things. Throw spaghetti at the wall. Doesn't usually work. I, I kind of um, switch from thing to thing. Sure. Sorry. Continue. No, it was... I was just saying, like... We... You and I both have had times where we worried about um, being, a, being a creator, being a content producer, instead of being an art producer. Like, I want to make a good show. I want to play music. I want to write songs. I want to do improv. I want to do stand-up, not be a YouTube guru or whatever and put videos out regularly so that people enjoy them or whatever. Like, I want to be a creator. Okay, yeah, sorry. I just realized that I should be charging my phone, so please sure. keep talking no, 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 you're fine. while I plug this in. Uh, there's, a, there's a plug behind you. Yeah. There's a strip behind you. No, this... Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. I wonder what Will, uh... Oh, Will's gonna be late to class again. It's cool. Did you get it? Okay, cool. Uh... You can also... I'm, yeah. I'm, like, you're fine to charge your phone, but you can also charge it when you're at the theater. That is also true, but I should... It's like, it charges, like, to full in, like, 20 minutes, so it probably... It's it's good to yeah. go I ahead and do that now. I usually try to plug mine in when I'm, when I'm doing this. It's hard not to look. It's hard not to look at your phone when you're doing a show, because like, I like to think that I'm always around my phone because you never know when someone will want to contact you. Mm-hmm. That's a that's that's such a weird. Uh, to me, that that's another topic I, I think about a lot. But I feel like I really want to stay on this like this creator expectation kind of thing, where it's like, <clears throat> well, I also think we kind of reach the end of it, where it's just like, we want to put out content because we want to put content out, not because it's expected. And I feel like. As long as we do that, then the content will be good. Mm-hmm. Whether or not other people like it, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Like this podcast, like I don't, I don't think, I don't think people, I don't know if people would like it. I would like it. This is the kind of podcast I would want to listen to. And my friends, whether they're being polite or not, they tell me that it's good, and I appreciate the feedback. But like, it shouldn't impact what I do. I should just focus on doing the podcast I want, which is why I, I put. And I don't mean this in a bad way. I put minimal effort into preparing. I mean, other than buying the smart water and cleaning my room, I mostly write down notes 20 minutes before you show up just so that I have uh, something to go off of. I don't like to research or put in effort, or especially, especially I don't like to talk to people who are about to be on the show. Like, it stays on or something. Or, like, I just want to, like, the lightning in the bottle kind of thing. So, like, as long as I do that, I'll make the show I want, I'll be happy with what I, what I made. And mm-hmm. I can take pride in that. And I feel like with, with um, if I was trying to do anything else to please anybody else, it wouldn't be what I would want to do. So. Well said, yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of it with um, the whole validation thing and that. One of my favorite things to talk to people about 
is uh, motivation. Oh, boy. I, I like to start that with asking, did your, was your family big on helping push you to be an artist? Yeah, well, my dad um, it was an artsy kind of guy, animator. Um, so he definitely supported any kind of thing um, of mine that had to do with creation. Uh, my mom also loved um, what I was doing, but um, I'm pretty sure that she at first was hoping that I would become more of an engineer. Mm -hmm. But once she realized um, how much better I was working with my hands and working on a more um, um, fantasy or like imaginative side of things, uh, she was really supportive of that. Um, I'm often pressured to do stuff like take printmaking classes and um, I don't know if other stuff and all, uh, but I don't know. It's kind of, um, that kind of relates to audience pressure, like they're expecting you to do something and it just kind of is discouraging in a way, like, No, I get I it, know. I understand, but, and that's, that, this is where I want to play devil's advocate and say like, I mean, they want, they want you to have a career, mm -hmm. they want you to do something. And I've I've also I've often wrestled with um, these two ideas, and I want to see I want I want you to tell me if they resonate with you. One idea is where the job that you have is involved in your passion, and you go to work, and it's the whole like you don't work a day in your life if you do what you love. So like, for let's let's just for the shits and giggles, let's say I find a job where I can be a podcast host, and that's my job. Um, that's one, that's one kind of goal is finding a job with your passion. The other goal that I've had is finding a job that doesn't, doesn't suck up your life nine to five. Um, and then with your free time, you indulge in your passions. Mm -hmm. So those, to me, those are the two goals. Find a steady job that allows me to, to do my passions in my free time or find a job within my passions. And I feel like for me, I'm leaning more towards the, the latter or finding, finding a job and then doing other stuff because... I don't think I'm good enough at any of my passions to, to make them a job. And if it works out, it works out, but I don't want to put that pressure. And so for you, you could find, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what kind of jobs you could find, but which one do you kind of, do you, first of all, does that line of thinking appeal to you? And then if it does, which one do you lean more towards? Uh, it's difficult to see myself as a professional artist or cartoonist. Um, it takes a lot of drive to want to self-publish. Mm -hmm. Like, a big reason why I decided to major in creative writing was because I think writing and illustration go hand in hand. But, um, it's hard for me to really, um, reach out to, like, literary journals or, um, printing presses or anything, really, or sponsors or whatever and want to be like hey um this is what i can do will you help me through this endeavor um but another big reason why i don't follow through with that is i don't really have any like um i guess official or serious education when it comes to either animation or digital art or um character design 
at the liberal arts college I went to, things were kind of traditional. Um, there was figure drawing and oil painting and Japanese woodcuts. I think that the most um, um, I think that the most kind of the well, not the most, the closest I got to in relation to um, what it is I like to do is um, I took a children's book illustration course before graduating, and that was fun, but it was a little bit also too restrictive mm -hmm. in a sense because I had to, um, I don't know, when stuff is done, like required for homework, like if I'm given an assignment to do a specific thing, it is kind of harder to feel proud of what it is that I do. Like, because it's not your creation, it's someone's outline for your creation. Yeah. You have the talent to create this job, but it's like, this isn't my creation, this is someone else's idea. In a sense, yeah. Um, a big reason why I started to dislike um, being a part of the um, English department um, and choose creative writing as my major uh, in college was um, I was given prompts and outlines and restrictions as to what I was going to write for homework. And a lot of stuff that I um, came up with was a little bit last minute and not entirely half-assed, but just not something I really liked. And I compared it to stuff that my classmates were writing or my teachers were writing, and I felt like it was garbage. I still kind of do. <laughs> but, um, so luckily I managed to pull through and I really enjoyed, um, doing my senior project, which was write original fairy tales mm -hmm. in kind of a Brothers Grimm kind of style. Mm -hmm. But that's all because I was kind of also um, free to do what I want. Not entirely, but once I had a, a go plan um, and stuff, uh, and then I was free to come up with whatever I wanted and see what my supervisor felt about that. So that was cool. A part of me wishes that I spent more time in the communications department because I found out how much fun it can be to talk about um, media and genre and all that, but it was kind of too late for me to um, explore that more, mm -hmm. so I kind of regret that, but it's never too late for that. I still consider myself a student even though I've graduated. So what's the, what's the ideal career for you then? I I don't know. I, I'd be happy just to get a part-time job where I don't feel like shit or my self-esteem isn't crushed a lot. Or um, just basically I can feel like I'm doing a good job and I don't really have any giant aspirations or anything. Career-wise? Career-wise. It would be nice to learn more about storyboarding and explore that more as a job, but... I don't really have that set in mind as a goal or anything. I'm kind of right now playing things by ear and not necessarily um, taking the amount of time I have for granted, but still kind of just um, 
not trying to pressure myself too much mm -hmm. because if I pressure myself, I'm worried that what I do is not going to make me feel happy. Sure, yeah. If you if you try to for, fit, make yourself fit in this box, you're going to hate that box and you're going to spend a lot of time working your way out of the box. You're trying to find, and then you'll be right back to square one. You need to take the time to figure out what you what exactly it is you want to do. Yeah, I can I can fully understand how that works because I feel like I'm I'm in the same boat for two degree, with with, with like trying to just I'll, for me it's more like separating the two, separating my creative endeavors and just trying to like, I guess that's how I'm approaching is like, do these in my free time and then work my way up any kind of corporate ladder or just build a resume or maybe try to figure something out. I'm not sure. But like, no, I can totally understand that because I feel like that's the right way to do it. Make sure, make sure you know what you want, feel it out and just kind of wait for the right opportunity to, to mm -hmm. arise. But also I would, I would, I would put this thought out there. Make sure you're, you're, do, you're putting yourself in situations where you can find those opportunities. And I feel like that's kind of the thing that will allow you to get those opportunities. Right? Can you keep that? Pretty much, yeah. So for me, um, my family was very supportive, but they never pushed me in any direction, which is one of the reasons why I think that I never mm -hmm. pursued anything, because I never had any, like, do music, do this. It was just like, Whatever you want, I'll support you however you want to be supported. And I love my family and I don't hold any ill will, but I feel like I didn't, I missed out on having that kind of support line. Yeah, um, I guess that's kind of another reason why I don't have a specific drive to do one thing. Because um, a lot of stuff has been thrown at me throughout my life. Like, do this, try this, do that. Keep yourself active, build your talents. Or something. There was a time when uh, I was encouraged to try more theater classes mm -hmm. or try and be more theatrical, but um, that didn't really work out for, well, not like super work out, but mm, sorry, I'm, no, kind of, I'm trying to focus. Uh, basically, um, a lot of ideas were, um, pushed upon me and that kind of made me, um, stray from focusing on one specific thing. Was it, so, about, was it about your parents? They wanted um, you to try it? They wanted you to just sample things? Uh, yeah. It's more like my parents were like, here, sample this. So, um, I'm... I'm not sure if that's the reason behind my indecisiveness, but it might be part of it. Sure. I can I can relate to that. But also, like, I thought about the one thing my, my, my mom ever, like, made me do was play football in uh, junior high. And then I chose to play after that. But, like, that was the, the one thing that she made me do was, like, you need, to, you need to play us. You need to try playing a sport. And so I was like, okay. And I tried it and I liked it. And I feel like if she had pushed me to do other things, I would have found maybe found something else I liked. Actually, she made me take the guitar class I took in my junior year. She's like, you should do this. And so I did it, and I loved it. So the, yeah, the, maybe, okay, maybe I didn't give my mom enough credit. But just like, <laughs> I can't change anything like that now. But just like, she never pushed me to like do more than that, like start something. And to a degree, that's good because I felt out the things I wanted to feel out. But then I see other people, and this is not necessarily because their parents helped them, but like, when you meet somebody who is doing the thing that they should be doing, 
to me that's always wonderful but also i'm like fuck you like, like like, yeah. Like the girl oh I'm seeing God. now, she's a graphic designer. Yeah. And she has incredible talent. She's found the thing that she wants to do. And I'm just like, on one hand, I'm like, fuck you. Like, you found, you found, you did it. Like, now you can focus on becoming better at this thing and, like, thrive within this thing. And I'm like, I'm still trying to figure shit out. And it's just like, but of course she has her own things going on within that, I'm sure. And to me, outside looking in, it's a lot better. And maybe she sees my ability to be open to more things as a, as a, as the way that she wishes it was who knows mm-hmm. but just like when i see people like that i'm 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 jealous is what it is and it's just like it's not i'm not like jealous like i wish i had that but just like i envy that and i want that because i feel like once you have a talent like i view you as something like you have art so you you've narrowed it down a lot to like your yeah, talent yeah i'm getting there definitely. but but that's the thing is i find that i find that as the growing process and like I never, I, I started that really late. And to me, that was just like, I don't, I wouldn't say bad, but it feels a lot harder to, to start when that's the case. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So family was good. Overall. Overall, yeah. Overall. The, the Yelp review poll is good. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things to ask people about, and I usually I usually hear good things, um, but I, I know that there's people who didn't get support or didn't get anything, and you know it could go either way. They could be, because the uh, on the the podcast I listen to a lot, the formula for a comedian is an overbearing mother and an absentee father, and that's what I have. I I guess I'm kind of the same. I mean, my parents split when I was, like, um, a preteen, and I haven't seen my dad in Ooh. a good couple years, but that's kind of both our faults. Ooh, and, and, oh, this is, this is good. <laughs> I, um, I'm open with this, and I hope that uh, the only person I worry about how they feel is my mom, but at the same time, like I tell people this, um, I basically have three dads. My biological, mm-hmm. and she left him because he was uh, into bad things, drugs. Um, okay. She met this guy, they got married, and then they got divorced, and he was my adoptive father. And then now she met uh, my stepdad, and he's wonderful, and they have a wonderful relationship, and they'll be together forever. Um, so, my biological father's dead. He got stabbed. Okay. <laughs> to, me, that's the, to, it, to me, it's just, it's just, it's funny. Um, that sounds really mean, but just like we never, I met him. Yeah, you probably just laugh because of the look on my face that probably came No, I up. laugh every time I tell that. Okay. It, to, me, to me, it's it's just like he got stabbed because he owed somebody money and he was into drugs. And it's just like, that's so not me. And it's just like weird that I come from that kind of stock. That was why I had this thing with alcohol for a long time because I was worried about becoming addicted and stuff like that because of him. But so he's dead and we met once and he just was weird. So we didn't, I didn't talk to him very much. And then uh, my adoptive father, I don't talk to him. He can't, last time I talked to him was he came out to my college graduation. And before that, it, I think I texted him uh, condolences, if that's the right word, because his father passed. Mm. Um, but we don't talk. And you said, and that's both our faults. And, and in my head, oh. I was like, technically, it is both our faults. But I feel like... On one hand, like, he's the dad. He's the adult. Yeah, that's what, that's the kind of thing my mom says. Like, that's what my mom says, too. I, I do have the, uh, 
I do have the ability to call my dad or email him and say, hey, can we um, catch up? But he's also, he also has the ability to call me and do the same thing. And of course I'd have the right to refuse, but um, for a while nothing happened. And I think that's because of the economic situation that happened in 2008. Mm-hmm. And everything just kind of um, came crashing at a really awful time all at once. Like, I um, had to leave the middle school I was at where I was not really um, happy. Let's leave it at that. Um, My dad um, married someone else, and she has, like, little boys. And so that was kind of... Um, a new development in his household. And my mom was undergoing a surgery, I think was a... Like a major surgery? Not like super major. It was... I'm trying to remember what what the thing is called... You just give it. You don't have to remember exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Hey, so... um. A lot of things came crashing down at once, and then the big short, I guess, is that's where the title of the movie comes from, right? Um, the big short was that they were going to short companies' money. Yeah. I, I don't know. That movie was a lot of words. Yeah, lots of words. I just liked Steve Carell. In it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, that happened, um... And And neither of you cultivated the relationship, would you say? Yeah, things just kind of... I don't remember specifically. I think I acted like a really... A teenager. Yeah, I acted like... Like a normal teenager. Yeah. (laughs) I did the same thing. I remember him being repulsed at me when he came out to my high school graduation. And I'm like, I'm 18. This is what I'm supposed to look like. You're supposed to be a parent. Well, for me, it was more like a... I was a 13-year-old who didn't know that... um, what kind of things were appropriate and what wasn't. I I think I just needed time to recover because I think I also felt kind of sick um, for a while. And then I I switched to a different school. I needed time to get used to that. And then just time flew by and we hadn't really had a proper conversation together until probably three years ago around winter break. And that was awkward and he's, I, he, I think he's trying harder because there was a period where I heard nothing from him or got nothing or I didn't receive anything from him, like a card or um, holiday gifts or anything. Um, and I think he's trying to reach out to me, but he's kind of, he's, like I mentioned before, he's a like a creative. He was an animator, actually. Um, he was actually the robot on Pee Wee's Playhouse. What? Like, I think I might I might be mis. He was involved in that, that. Sh- in the production he, of that yeah, show. Yeah, he though. was involved Whoa. in the production of that show. So he has talent, and he probably at one point in his life had drive, but he doesn't act on his creative endeavors anymore. Interesting, and I'm sure that bleeds into, like, his life with, like... Yeah. And it's so weird thinking of your parents as people, right? Yeah. Like, 
It's I don't talk so to weird. Bill. I don't know if I should name drop. I don't talk to him, but like, I when I think about it, I think he's a he's a normal person who is doing his own thing, and he has his own hangups with his own family and how it kind of relates to like his life. And on one hand, I want to be the normal person that I am, the person who makes other people feel comfortable. But at the same time, with this specific relationship, like, I have expectations that you're supposed to be there for me. You're supposed to do these things for me as, as mm-hmm. you, you, want, you, want, you want the title of dad, well, you've got to earn it. And so, like, I don't call him dad because he doesn't do dad things. Like, I can remember, and this is kind of a sad story, uh, the first time I bought Christmas presents from my parents, I bought my dad a new lunch bag because his lunch bag was falling apart, and I bought my mom a seat cover. And they both were, like, embroidered with their sports teams. My mom used that seat cover for, like, ten years. And it was falling apart. And I'm like, even I was like, could you please stop? This is, like, when I drive your car, it's it's annoying. This thing's annoying. It keeps coming undone. And it's just like, she's like, I, you probably love it. And I think he used the lunch bag twice. And to me, that was very telling. Because it's like, I don't care if you like it. I bought you a present and you use it. And that may, that may be dumb or, like, a weird story. But to me, that kind of epitomizes the relationship. And I, 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 maybe you can relate, or maybe you can't. Uh, but just I, like, but like, probably. But like, someone else, like you kind of said, like, it's about how much effort is put into the relationship. Yeah, and. There's, I feel like you would you would say minimal, um, especially after the, any kind of falling out that you uh, signified. Um, and for me, it was the same. Very minimal effort. I had to beg him to come to my graduation. And I didn't even really want him because he was just going to do what he did, which was be awkward. Yeah, uh, I invited um, my dad to my high school graduation. And I think that he was scared and ashamed of himself, so he didn't come. But I'd also, I'd also say this. The difference between you and me, and this is maybe why we're not meeting on some, some points, is mm. you want to have a relationship with him. Well. Probably, maybe. And, and even there's, there's not ill will. Yeah. For me and... Bill, there's ill will. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want to hear from him mm-hmm. at this point in my life. I don't want him in my life because him, him and his people have said some very terrible things about me and my mom, and it's just oh. like, I don't, I don't want that. I'm a very positive person, and like, like go fuck yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a great person, and you had a chance to like be a part of this, and now you're missing out. Whatever this is, yeah. I don't think I'm like anything special, but like. Yeah, I'm close to thinking the same way, but at the same time, I can't help but feel like I'm responsible for his decisions to um, step aside from my life. So. Well, well. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to overset my boundaries, but I feel like, based on what I'm hearing, and I'm sure there's stuff I don't know, but it just sounds like. Like I said, no ill will. Like, mm-hmm. if I were to call Bill, he would be like, "What do you want?" Mm-hmm. But if you were to call your dad, he would he would maybe not know what to say. But it wouldn't be like, "Okay, what does she want now?" Yeah, no, I think that he'd um. I think probably be glad, but also um, I don't know, probably confused. I'm sure he has his own hangups, and that's probably why the yeah. relationship is strong. But like, there, I feel like there's. M- if there were odds on, like, the idea of you guys having a relationship, like, 
for you and him, there's a better chance that you guys will have a good relationship one day than me and Bill. I don't think him and I will ever. And I'm not saying I'm not like trying to put pressure on anything, but I just feel like, like I said, there's no ill will. There's lots of ill will between me and, and Bill, but maybe less about uh, you and your dad. I think that's that, that, that's. I think that's about it. That th this it's it's moments like these why I love doing the podcast because <laughs> because. For one, finding someone who's willing to be open about their life and experience to me is a very beautiful thing. Yeah, but I'm also, just, sorry. No, no, but like sitting in this fog of, I don't want to say this word, but I feel like that's the best way to describe it. I don't, I don't believe that's what it is. Sitting in this fog of like awkwardness, talking about something that's very deep and personal with someone, because we don't know each other very well, but like, to me, that's like a very strong way of connecting. Like everyone I've had on the show, I feel a connection with. And so like... That's one of the reasons why, even if no one listens, I love doing this show because it's like, people don't talk about the things that they truly feel or think. I, I mentioned that earlier and like, putting them in a situation where they do, to me, is is very rewarding because, I mean, who knows the last time you talked about your dad? Who knows the last time I talked about my dad? And it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's refreshing to talk about it and I'm sure that there are people... There are some people who listen and will think, wow, you know, I haven't talked to my dad in a while. Or, like, I have a strained relationship with, my, with one, a parent or a guardian in my life. And, I don't know, like, listening to the, the podcast that inspired me to do this one was, like, having people relate to me. And, like, hearing them tell their story was very helpful. And, like, Pete gets emails all the time that his show helped people and his show helped me grow a lot. And so, like, to me, that's... Um, I appreciate your candor, and it's just like it's very, it's very nice for me to to have that. Consistently, no one's there hasn't been a single topic that no that people don't want to talk about, and to me that's like. Really nice. Yeah, I'm just kind of, going a tiny bit with the flow. Like in my head, I'm probably screaming internally, but you don't know that, so. <laughs> and that's fine. And and I, I I say this: we can take anything out that you don't want out there no mm. problem um but no one has had anything that they want taken out um even name drops have kind of been let go but like no it's just it's it's very nice um it's very it's just it's rare it's rare to have people do that and so thank you um, no would you mind? I'm sorry, but would you mind if I like pulled Orion and took another break? That works quit? for me. Okay, thank you. I think that bathroom breaks are just two bathroom breaks are just going to become a thing. I'm sorry. No, it happened with Ryan's episode, and I also had to go too. Like I was also thinking like I could probably wait another like thirty minutes to go, but then you're like, can we go? And I'm like, well, yes, we can. Like, <laughs> this can happen. This is okay. Um, I like getting heavy on this show. I feel like that's kind of a I think you don't get to see, but uh, um, just to take the wheel, one of the things you talked about, and because again, I want to talk, I want to talk a lot about art because I'm having mm -hmm. uh, another artist on the show this later this week, <clears throat> and so like to me, as the creator that I am, not, I don't create physical things. I like to play covers, and I've written one song. I talked about it with Matthew. Um, and I like to do the show, but like drawing to me is so different. And it's just like, one of the things you talked about, which I think this is kind of a, 
a bridge between the two mediums, the storytelling. And it's one thing to draw. It's one thing to write a song. But, like, one of the things that makes... We kind of talked about, like, making actual art that kind of makes the art we want to make is communicating, like, a story or an idea, like doing your web series or doing um, this show or doing a song. Like, you're doing it because you have something to share. Like, the song that I wrote was um, about another person. And, like, to me, it felt really good to get those feelings out there. And so, like, someone who does drawing, a lot of times people... I mean, sure, I'm sure you draw for fun because it's fun. But mm -hmm. there has to be some times where there's emotion in what you do, maybe a web series or just a sketch or something. I don't I don't know. That's kind of what I want to mm -hmm. hear from you is like, what role does emotion play in, in what you do? Well, there are times when I try to um, portray the negative feelings in my drawings, but then I end up erasing all of it because... Oh can't do that give yourself green lights <laughs> I uh, I want to try and do vent art as it is often called uh, vent art yeah basically I'm just like um, venting negative feelings through drawings I, I want to do that and I try but then I just I used to do it a lot more when I was um, younger but now I just try, I look at it, and it feels awkward because I'm inserting my f own self into this uh, piece, mm -hmm. and I just end up not following through with it too much. If it's like a character of mine that is well-developed and facing like a legit problem, uh, that... I guess I didn't necessarily come up with, in a sense, um, then I'm cool with it. Like, I like drawing crying faces. That probably <laughs> sounds, well, no, not too No, it, it doesn't sound anything, I promise. Because yeah, expressions, especially in um, cartoons, are fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. With so many lines, or so few lines even... Um, just the challenge of portraying an emotion through an illustration is something I really enjoy. And, so, and, and just to kind of touch on that, that I never would have thought to think about that. And that's why I'm so happy that I, I'm harping on this so much, this art thing, because like, that's the thing that I don't think about. And that's something that, you, that really resonates with you. Like I think about the emotion I feel when I like play a song and like you think about the emotion when you feel when you were drawing an emotion. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you are feeling sad, then maybe drawing that sad face makes you feel a little better. Yeah. It, it, Cathartic, like crying might be. Yeah, it does. I there, um, I listen to a lot of songs that have to do with um, feeling down, feeling happy, feeling lost. A lot of songs about feeling lost. I listen to a lot of um, electronic music, and those don't... And those specific kinds of songs I listen to from the artists I like a lot, they don't necessarily um, lack emotion, even though the theming is a little bit robotic. It's more of a um, just... A different medium. Yeah. it's the theme, 
the lyrics are usually about like being lost or being adrift or um, just finding something, and I, that really inspires me I, to. I feel like that genre. I feel like that genre really hits emotionally, mm-hmm. and and can and allows you and especially because a lot of it is is more instrumental. It like it you fill in the gaps. You put you label it what the emotion is, and they just put a lot of like strong sounds mm-hmm. in like. Typically, like the the percussion is really uh, defined and and like I said, really strong and like has a really strong presence and yeah. that kind of um, percussion like kind of leads music and so like it kind of sets the time and then when you kind of have all these sounds, they just kind of and they're typically a little, a little faster in mm-hmm. that kind of style of music and so they get your brain moving faster and you kind of fill in like I said the emotions are strong they have this yeah. really strong presence and so I feel like. You liking that music really speaks to um, something that like allows you to feel these emotions. Yeah, Porter Robinson is a really good example for this because he um, makes this really um, I don't know otherworldly music with many different sounds, and his songs usually, in my mind at least, portray a world that is has become empty, and there are people trying to find a way to correct the um, corruption in said world or trying to find someone to share this world with. And the song, no, the sounds that accompany any hint of lyrics, if there are any, mm-hmm. really complement one each other in my one <laughs> complement each other to me. And yeah, yeah. that kind of... Um, inspires me to imagine, I don't know, just feeling and drive to um, survive, I guess, if that makes any sense. It totally does. Yeah. But besides that, um, a lot of what I draw is um, kind of comedic. I really enjoy colors. Yeah. So... Based on what I've seen, you use a lot of colors. Yeah. And what I like is you use a lot of different colors. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't like have a go to. It seems like you're you're open and you use a lot of I think more bright colors. Yeah. And that that to me that really stood out. Yeah, I don't try. Um, I try not to use like heavily saturated colors because that hurts the eyes a lot mm-hmm. and. Some it really depends. Like there's a risk of it look being too jarring to look at. Uh, I tr- I'm I look at palettes a lot to kind of have a better understanding of what looks good together, and coloring in the lines, like the lines that make a drawing what it looks like, um, instead of just having like black outlines or anything. Uh, deviating from that, it definitely gives the picture um, more vibrancy and personality and makes it pop more. So I enjoy working off of that a lot. That's To me, again, that's something I would never think about. And like, that's why I'm so happy that you were doing this and telling me all about this. Because these are things, this is what, one of the things I thought about like episode one. I was like, I can't wait to have somebody who does things I don't do. Because these are things that I don't, looking at colors, like... I would never think about that because mm-hmm. you, you saw my art. It's it's pen on sticky note, and that can be. There's a lot of successful um, like series and stuff where something is super simple, 
but it can still, like, um, I don't know if I should show you this while we're recording. Do it. Okay. I love, I love uh, things that they can't see and they have to kind of picture themselves. Okay. Uh, do, should I put the audio on for this or nah? Mm, sure. Uh, actually, I won't. It's not important. You basically <laughs> get the idea of what I'm going for if um, I'll probably unplug this. It's fully charged anyway, so. Just don't forget your charger when you leave. I won't. Um, Hopefully. I left I left my laptop charger in Baltimore. That's driving no. me crazy, but. What kind of computer do you have? Uh, it's just, it's, um, Is it a, it's it Gateway. Okay, I can't um, help you then. Hey, no, that's if you cool. Had, if you had a MacBook, I could lend you one. Nah, I managed to get my tablet to work on um, my mom's old laptop. So oh, I, I, I could lend you a computer if you wanted. So this is the color palette you like? No, this is just an example oh of how simple shit can be. All different like, colors? Well, the color's not really. I'm just like, look at the simplicity of that thing that's supposed to be a flamingo, but it looks nothing <laughs> like a flamingo. So nothing at all. I wouldn't have guessed something or just guess like a little bird. Yeah, it's just a it's just a bird. But there's all these so. other things that are going on that kind of take away from like this shitty drawing. This is a drawing. This is something I would draw. Yeah. I don't mean to say shitty in a mean way, but like <laughs> it's just a, it's like it's like a sketch. But you you add all these motions. It's a bird dancing in the background. There's um there's all these things going on. Yeah. Is that yours? Oh no, that's not mine. Uh it's just something I came a Cross. It's actually set to... Um, Silly music? Yeah, it's set to music, but for the sake of, um, I don't know, copyright or whatever. I'm probably gonna... a good idea. I don't know how that would work, <laughs> um, but probably a good idea. Yeah, um, no, so so just to tie it up, what was the point of shutting it down? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, simple stuff can get a lot of attention and hit... Um, just be popular with a lot of people. How many views does that video have? Uh, I think a million. Wow. Interesting. Because that was just a, a bird that was just uh, like a dancing on a pink background. And there yeah. was some sparkles and some shrimp. Oh, two, sorry, 2.3 million. 2.3 million. Yeah. That is interesting. That, prob- that is, uh... It might have to do with the song, but also the fact that people really like stupid looking cute shit. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that was adorable. That's why your post-it note drawings of like the platypus giving the middle finger, that that can probably um, hit. A, that was one of the better ones. Yeah. That was one of the better ones I drew. <laughs> so I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Like if it's if even if, it, even if it's crude, there's still appeal in uh, certain aspects of uh, the drawing. Interesting, but like and especially, yeah. I don't know. Like, if I had tried to color it, it loses its appeal. Probably. And if I do more than what I did, I think it loses its appeal. Because there were some things that I, I was, because I was drawing that day, I took a picture of it, and then I added more to it, because I was like, I like it now, but if I add more, I want, I, I'm going to add more, but I also want to preserve this. So I feel like that kind of, uh, I kind of speaks to what you were saying. Simplicity is not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, I forgot what I, storytelling. I don't think you touched on that. I want you to touch on that. Storytelling. We were talking about um, kind of emotions in what you do, telling mm-hmm. a story, and how it relates to you. And you, you kind of, you kind of told me that um, you don't really do that a lot, but you kind of do it a little bit. I. You don't like to do it. I yeah, I don't like to. I mean. Put yourself into your art. I've kind of emotional. Yeah, I've kind of um, wanted to make 
what I do separate from how I feel because I'm kind of worried about, well, not necessarily making it too personal, but I think that some people who are amateur creators are heavily criticized or judged when they have a thing and it's clear that they put themselves into the shoes of the characters in the story. So I try to think of a balance and make it work. I think I could be better at that and I'm not really interested in how I feel either. I'm more interested in how this character feels, what they're going through, because I don't... I'm kind of also tired of writing poetry about how I got bullied in middle school or whatever. You said you're tired it's, of it? Yeah, like, I had... I tried um, writing stuff that was tied in with me in college, because they asked me to. Like, do you remember a specific feeling or smell? And can you write a, uh, this form of literature based on that and I kind of felt like it was really jarring so to read to read and write mostly to read because it was so awkward to have to read stuff like that out loud uh -huh. and also hearing a lot of poetry written by classmates about experiences they had arguing with their parents or writing a specific type of horse <laughs> or uh, walking on a beach or or breaking up with someone and comparing their love to the taste of bitter coffee. I got, I got really, really tired of that. And I just kind of wanted to focus more on stuff that is completely fantasy, not real. Um build off of a character, not necessarily that has the life that I want to have, but has a life completely different from mine that I'm not jealous of, that um, I just can create, test myself, stuff like that. Because I've been putting, with writing stand-up and music, I've been focusing solely on putting my emotion into my writings. And that's cool. I mean, yeah, there's I nothing, think... Yeah, there's nothing... I don't want to act like there's nothing wrong with either either way. But yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine trying to write a song that doesn't have an emotional connection. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I've tried and it doesn't work. Yeah, I... There's a lot of stuff, <clears throat> like, both experiences and emotion... Sorry, my lips are dry. There's a lot of experiences and emotions that I've gone through um, over the past couple years and months that I think I can build off of and have really funny quips or emotional quips or generally um, just create genuinely um, entertaining stuff from said things. Like um, the whole uh, thing, I think first day of class, I was wearing these um, tights with animal faces on them, and I was trying to, like, tell a story about that, but then Patrick said, uh, moving on, and I didn't even get to the good part, and I don't think you were there for when I explained what that good part was. The part was that um, I was talking to this couple, and they were um, complimenting me, I guess, um, and they were like, It'd be crazy if you got tattoos like that on your legs. And I said, 
I don't think I'm doing that anytime soon. And then they were like, yeah, you're right. It'd be a shame if you lost your legs. So, so you wouldn't get to have tattoos or wear tights like that again. What? And they're saying this while they're with their 10-year-old kid. And I'm like, uh, are you threatening to amputate me or something? Like, it, It'd be a real shame if you lost your legs. Exactly! That, that's kind of how I... That's how it can be. It was so... Ah, and after the, this was like at a party at New Year's Eve, and afterwards my mom was like, did you have nice adult conversations, sweetie? And I, I'm like, can I, no, I want to go home. So that, it's, How old were you doing that story? Uh, 22. Jesus. So this was like last year. Yeah, yeah that's, This was um, like at the ending point of 2016. So, be a real shame if you just lost your legs and yeah. you couldn't get a tattoo on your legs anymore. Yeah, or anything. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Don't hang out with us anymore. We're weird. Yeah, but these were like uh, slightly middle-aged um, people in like somewhat formal attire too. Those are the people you got to worry about. Yeah. You got to worry about those suburban families that have their lives pulled together. And have jobs, definitely. Have, Those are the. It's, it's all a cover for the the, out the, extremely outfitted trailer on the back that has like an operating table and all these tools and. <laughs> oh my god. Leg leg removal devices. <laughs> but yeah, and what's weird is that later on I did get like an inspiration to draw something like that, like write something where there was like this serial killer who would kidnap people because they would have on like these snazzy novelty pants or whatever and would just cut their legs off and I'm like oh no should I there's something Do there I not? there's something good there yeah for sure something and I haven't it's been like nine or eight months since that happened and I have not worked off of that idea at all because I'm kind of scared to play on those really wacky weird emotions of like you should or ideas you should green light yourself more that, <laughs> yeah. is, um, <clears throat> that is that is a funny story and yeah. you could totally do something with that mm-hmm. that is funny so <clears throat> looking at my notes um the things we didn't cover mm-hmm. regret Regrets. That was a big one I talked about with Matthew. Um, do you have any thoughts about just the term that, it's, you, that you want to talk about? Oh, uh, boy. Regret and me go hand in hand yep. quite a lot. You'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a nice um, segue off of what I was talking about. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I could have done and want to do that... Um, you still can. I, yeah, well, a lot of stuff, I guess, I should focus more on the could've, the should've, would've, could've. Actually, um, that's also a title of something that I should probably do, because I really like those three words together as a saying. But that's... Bes- I'm stalling now. What are you stalling? I, I don't know. I'm stalling on the whole topic of regret, I guess. You don't talk about uh, it if you don't want to. No, I, I really want to. Cause so so then so the what... Like, let's say, like, um, when I say that, 
something comes into your mind, the first thing you mentioned was pieces you haven't worked on. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah. and we talked a lot about that, just like things that, and I have the same thing. There are so many, like relate, I went through so many relationships and I didn't write anything about them. I didn't have, a, I'm the only one or my friends who listen to me bitch. Like mm-hmm. no one knows the story. And to me, that's kind of the thing I like to communicate. And that's why I could do the show. Like I like to communicate my story because I like to share it and I like people to like know it. And I feel closer to people when I tell it. Like my friend Tom, like. I was with, he was there for me throughout my whole, like, bad relationship that I just got out of. Not bad relationship. I don't remember if it that way. The relationship didn't go well. She's a great person. But the relationship was bad, mm-hmm. not the person. I want to make sure that's very clear. Because mm-hmm. she might listen to the show, and I don't want her to think I hate her or anything. But, like, um, yeah, like, he was there through that, and I'm closer to him because of that. And so, like, coming up with a piece of art that um, encapsulates how you feel about something, to me, is is very very strong and I have these regrets that I didn't do anything with anything. Yeah, I I have a lot of regrets when it comes to relationships and actions or in behaviors of mine. Um when it comes to regret <clears throat> when it comes to regret uh in terms of creative endeavors I also have a lot there. Like, there's a lot of times where I gave up because I felt either lesser about myself or I just wasn't happy about how something was going. Sure. Like, um, yeah. I have this webcomic um, called Zombies Don't Blush, which I I really like the concept I came up with for it. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I started working on it. I didn't really like the art style I was going for because I hadn't really um, made web comics before, and I was trying to do it all digitally. So I got into a few strips, and now I and I started disliking it. So now I'm at this point where I want to work off of it more, but I want to completely revamp it, like reboot it. Sure. Kind of be more decisive about what I'm doing. And another thing, um, on my YouTube channel, I put a lot of stuff that were, they're kind of like anime parodies, but, um... I've seen things like that. Yeah, so I got my foot in the door, meaning the friends that I currently have by... You guys work together? Um... What's the regret about that? Oh, the regret is that, um... I got into three episodes of the thing that I was starting my, I guess, quote-unquote YouTube career off of, and I just, it, I was, like, making a reference to Five Nights at Freddy's on episode three, and after it was out, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Because I was losing sight of where uh, the whole plot was going, or if there was a plot to begin with. For, for some reason, I completely forgot what the whole point of what I was doing was based off of. I think it had something to do with a statement on how technology is, like, overpowering society or something, but I was deviating so much from that idea that I wasn't sure if I should keep going with it. So, I, anyways, in terms of regret, um, I don't regret how shit something was like in quality or looks or um anything what I really regret is I guess um kind of not 
giving up on the idea mostly and also uh if something is shit like I didn't think it was shit at the time but it, now I look back on it and I'm like oh this is terrible so I don't regret making it it was like a stepping stone mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff like a lot of things like this could have maybe this could have been something this could have been a really good idea that with time and effort and practice, it could have developed. But instead of doing that, I just leave it to rot. And that's um, a, where a lot of my regret comes into play. That sounds really similar to kind of what I was saying. Like, I, there was so much here and you didn't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, artistically, I would have loved to have done something with it. You also said you have a lot of relationship regrets. Oh, uh, well... We don't, unfortunately, have the time to get too into it. Okay, yeah. It's um, mostly, um, I guess, as an overview, uh, uh, I guess a good example would be college. Um, I There's things I could have handled differently, and stuff that other people could have handled differently, stuff I didn't even have to get involved in. But, and also in high school or middle school, there's a lot of people that I could have come to know and be friends with, but mm -hmm. I couldn't because I didn't know how to socialize the way I do now. And um, that that's pretty much what I mean when it comes sure. to regretful relationships and also when it comes to family that also um, is part of it, but uh, that's just life. I don't. I think it's completely normal and all. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I I I would say that every single human interaction—not interaction, but just like relationship—there's like a regret for me. Like, I didn't do this, or I did this too much, or I, you know, it mm -hmm. didn't work out, or something, and like, it could have worked out, or could have done this or that, and like. <clears throat> I think that that's just a very underlying tone with everything that happens. And I feel like that also like really drives other things that we do. Like, I won't do that again because I didn't like how that turned out. And that is bettering ourselves. I don't know. I feel like regret lends a lot of itself to self-improvement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a very important thing to recognize that you have and do is yeah. regret. It's, Interesting. You can't let it... Um cripple you I guess you yes. just have to kind of learn from it yeah be, from it. yeah be honest about how you feel about it and think how can I make this better or avoid mistakes like this and work off of that yeah that's that's and that's a very difficult thing to do sometimes mm -hmm. um other things I have written down vent art expressions and I feel like we kind of talked about that mm -hmm. um you don't like to do that I well, it's not that I don't like it. It's just more like I stop myself from doing it, sort of. It's it's a thing I have to break through because I'm used to providing a certain thing or honing my skills in a certain thing, and I worry if I were to break away from that, then it, it, the reception would either be um, non-existent or just negative. Cause, I worry that yeah. that's bad. I worry that that's, that's stunting your growth. You're worried too much about yeah. 
your audience, and you should be more worried about the, what you're producing. Yeah, because there's... And that's not for me to say, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I built my online presence by having a really positive theming around my stuff. And I would if, believe that that would help people. Yeah, I worry that if I were to break away from that, then I'd get kind of weird looks. But at the same time, do I care? Like, wait, how much time do we have? Uh, Molly will be here in 13 minutes, so let's go to class. Okay. Um, you got plenty of time. So this kind of ties in to something that a friend... I'm doing air quotes now. Uh, <laughs> uh, someone I know from college um, said... Uh, that actually really pissed me off and kind of hit the nail on the head as to why I don't really like talking to them anymore. But, okay. <laughs> Swig. Okay, so what happened was, like, a front... It was like in the dining hall, dinner table, sausage party was brought up. And I don't, I don't like the movie. I don't want to see it. My parents saw it. I was like, I ain't watching. I know how this ends. I'm not watching it with you guys. Yeah. That would be like the most ultimate form of awkward. And I don't. Wait, how does it end? Spoiler for alert. Tell me how it ends real quick. Wait, you don't know how it ends? I have no idea. Okay, like all the like the food in the supermarket. They kill all the humans and then have a giant orgy. So... Holy shit! Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, so... That is the weirdest... I had no idea. I, I, I kind of wish I didn't ask and saw it, but I don't want to see it, and, um... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see it either. I actually, like, saw a clip of the ending, like, on YouTube, and I... But... Okay, so, so you didn't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to see the movie, but I'm really... I'm kind of obsessed with seeing how people react to certain things in the media, like, and vice versa, how the media um, responds to society and pop culture and all that. I find it fascinating to talk about stuff like that, and I like hearing critiques of what people have to say and all that. So I was like, yes, please tell me, friend, what how you think this movie is terrible and why you think it's terrible and this the other person at the table was like ugh not this animation i swear animation should just be meant for family friendly and for kids what and i'm like sitting there staring at them and i'm trying to grasp on if they understand what they're saying or not and I try to turn it into a debate like a discussion because like, talk about this yeah so I was like yeah some adult oriented cartoons can be really hit or miss but you can't deny that there's success behind a lot of them like behind Rick and Morty the Simpsons yeah. and Bob's Burgers, and she cuts me off and is like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I am and I sit there for another couple minutes, because, well, I don't like The Simpsons. I have yet to try and give Rick and Morty a chance, but I like Bob's Burgers. But, but, but so, there, is, there is people 
who do like that show, and it is good. Like, The Simpsons has yeah, been on for so long. I mean, There's no doubt that it's good. I haven't watched it either. I won't watch Rick and Morty, but you're like, Buzz, I'm in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. But, like, just saying that those things don't belong, don't deserve to exist or whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's just really... Ignorant. It's just really fucking stupid. Like, this person who said this has, like, a strong bias against inappropriate jokes and uh, <sighs> immature humor and I'm like, there's more to it than that. You can't just write off an entire Because you don't thing. like it. Yeah, and I was doing my best not to yell and scream because about how this was basically borderline censorship. I just really, and I couldn't think straight. I was furious. I was seeing red. I just left. And they probably didn't understand that something was wrong or anything with what they were saying. Lost in their own fucking bubble. Yeah, they're so, so in a bubble, and so I was, tr- and I tried bringing it up again, and I was like, people like dick jokes get over it. I didn't say that, but yeah. you just kind of have to respect that there's certain types of humor you can't write them off because some people like them, and some are actually clever done. Like I like dick jokes when they're done right. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had a big conversation with Matthew about, and I don't mean to be crass, yeah. we talked about, like, rape jokes. Uh, I think it might have been Molly. Mm. We kind of agreed that if you're going to do a joke about that, yeah. it has to be the best joke. Yeah, it has to be done... Right. But any, like, but right, any joke, has to be done, like, any kind of crude, like, bad joke, Yeah. I'm, I'm, I would agree that, no... Yeah. Don't do that joke. There's no reason to do that joke. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so to say that animation should just be for kids or family-friendly because that way everyone can enjoy it, that's just so that's close-minded like and just... There's a lot of fallacies in that. And the fact that I recently read this article that, like, cartoons were being banned in countries for being LGBT-friendly... And I'm like, these people are saying that these cartoons are disrupting val- prop- the proper values oh, of that. people and so on. So they're basically giving, like, for being inappropriate, they're banning these cartoons for quote-unquote being inappropriate. So it's basically the same. So the definition of inappropriate varies from person to person. From person to person. And I'm like, so if you're you're agreeing that certain things should not be available or created just because it's inappropriate. To it's you. Yeah, it's just a lot. I'm sorry. I'm probably No, 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 no. no. First of all, I I, 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 I found I found the nerve. And that's good. Because I feel like I feel like you're one I agree with you, and just to kind of keep it uh, opinionated, you're right. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be any restriction on like only only people who do G and PG um, works should be able mm-hmm. to use animation. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, it's just only people really who make um, uh, cooking utensils should be allowed to use uh, wood as a, <laughs> as a medium. Like, yeah, if you want to make a sculpture, fuck you, because no, I don't th- I don't think that's right. Yeah. And it's just like, like only people who write books about uh, 1930s car washing should be allowed to write books. Yeah, so basic, so rewinding a bit, um, I'm worried to, well, I was 
still kind of am worried to do stuff. Like, I really like cartoony violence. Not a lot, but I do like um, when there's gore that's kind of made cutesy and colorful. Like, Maybe if like you ha- cut... uh, Happy Tree Friends? Um, You've seen that, right? I've tried something, I think. I don't... That was there's... as close as I could get to relating to what you're saying. Yeah, nothing like that. It's I don't really like it when it's animated. If it's like... If the blood is, like, colored blue or pink or something, then it's kind of made to be less terrifying to me. So, so making light of a bad thing? Um, hmm? Making light of a bad thing? Yeah, pretty much. And also cursing. Like, I, I want to do, like, stuff that's not exactly kid-friendly on my YouTube channel. And I was um, hesitant to do that. But then the fact that this person said all that that I just mentioned mm-hmm. kind of inspires me just Dude. go for it yeah okay that's what I wanted to hear fuck them they're subscribed to me but I don't care uh, anymore so good no, no, I, no I don't have, care don't I have, tailor your art to your audience yeah I have yet to properly act out on those feelings but it's maybe, gonna happen maybe it's good hopefully. that you've been, you've been holding them in so that they, they, they stew a bit they marinate yeah they're marinating I've yes. been marinating for the past, like, Come I've been marinating all summer, and now that I'm kind of cut loose, it's all going to come together. Good. I can't wait Probably. to see. I can't wait to see what you, what you come up with. <laughs> that is that is very good. I'm glad you had a very strong opinion about that. Um, the only thing we didn't really get to is about knowing what you want, and I feel like... I don't. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what I want. Good, good. It's, it's good that you, you, are, you're, you are aware of that, because you're... As long I feel like you, you're very open to figuring it out. And a lot of things you talked about really kind of just talk about, like, you don't know and you're figuring it out and you're open to all these other things and you're also, you're not into closed-mindedness. I think mm-hmm. we got that very yeah, well. Yeah, no. Uh, we like to end, I like to end the show with uh, asking the guests to tell me the weirdest thing that they see in my room. My room is filled with weird shit. Um, okay, well, I, the fidget spinner is too easy of a target. Um... <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but uh, that was an Easter gift from my mom. I didn't know what fidget spinners were, and then she gave me one, and then they oh. exploded mean, mean-tastically. <laughs> uh, does weird have to be, like... Uh... Subjective. I mean, if you... You can just pick something you want to talk about. I mean, yeah, I, I choose weird just as a starting point. Um, okay, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it weird like in a bad way but i am digging like the hat hook things on your wall oh yeah thank you there's a third one i don't know where it went it fell yeah it's still the other the, these hooks that are the heads of a bass guitar and a like a fender style guitar mm-hmm. my mom got those for me and uh i used to use them to hang stuff up but it's summer so there's no jackets in my life <laughs> but uh yeah yeah, those are, those are, I'm glad no one's ever really mentioned those. I'm really happy about those. Yeah, the hats just kind of found their way there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad because no one's picked the same thing twice. Ryan picked, Oh, that's good. Uh, my training knife, which I used. Yeah, the... I did. I wasn't sure if that was a knife or not. <laughs> it's, it's, so uh, I probably would have. It's fake. It's okay, just, yeah. It's just going up. Okay, want? he's asking me to touch it, touch, guys. Touch, touch the knife. It's, it's, um, it's. I, I dropped it. <laughs> It's okay. It's my way of having like a weapon if an intruder shows up. They won't know it's fake. That's that's my thought process. Yeah, they'll. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a they'll see intense. the cop. They'll see the um, big indented inscription, 
on the blade and think, yeah, this is totally real. Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. Exactly. And then Matthew picked uh, my milk crates out of my bed. Oh, yeah. No, to me, that's completely normal. Yes. Okay, good. That's, uh, I think that's normal. And I don't think I asked Molly to pick something, uh, but I'm sure she has opinions. Great. Well, do you feel good about uh, the show? Everything we talked about? Do you feel good about the show? I do. I feel like I got, I talked, as long as I talked about art enough, that's, that's the, that was the big thing. Is there anything we didn't get to that you were hoping to? No, that, that's pretty much it. I, I was kind of, um, if I had to bring up acting or improv more, I was ready to talk about that, but everything that was brought up, I'm, I'm cool with, so. I think we talked about improv enough. I talk about improv a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really, I really want to have Patrick on the show, but, uh. <laughs> I don't know how to end the show, so usually it just kind of ends and it fades out and then Tom plays the music. Mm-hmm. Play that funky music, Tom. <laughs>